It's the Tillcast, episode 372, D&D. And this week, guys, we talk some more Metro, and then there is a lot of Division mm-hmm. 2 rant. Dicks and diamonds. Stay tuned. Oh, yeah. ah. oh boy. Oh, here we go. It's we go. premature can popping. Mm-hmm. It's the Tillcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm What's not- up? Oh, I'm Rusty. I'm Jason. And we're back, and it is Friday, March 15th at 8.56 p.m. on the dot. Not on the dot. It literally changed. No, it changed when I was saying it. <laughs> well, look at you watching yeah. the fucking clock. I was. Hey, we're back. It is going to be a fun show today, I oh, think. I, oh, yeah. I think. I don't know. Which reminds me. I have to go on New Dot Disturb until fucking then. Thank you. So right. for the uninitiated, yeah, we've already had we've already had uh, one false alarm. So for the uninitiated, we are going to talk about thirty minutes of bullshit, bullshit, and we're going to talk about some game, game, basically <laughs> game. this week. Some it's basically game, game. Um, but it's possibly a game. Rusty, you found out you're listed in the white pages. Fucking god <laughs> damn it! Oh my god! So it's it's no fucking surprise, and I'm I'm sure that. I'm sure that this is going to come back to bite my uh, bite me in the ass, I'm sure, in the future. But I've been getting phone calls off and on since I've gotten this phone number. This has been fucking like two years almost. Yeah. So I've been wait, getting wait, wait, random wait. fucking phone big, calls. So we'll start at the beginning. No. You've been getting random phone calls. No. Where He's about to hit record on the PC. Fucking, yeah, I was. I was and... And his phone rings. My fucking phone rings. Now, for the last several weeks, that's perennially been the new guy at work right. calling to ask it, a question. It's generally like, been. Yes. right before we're ready to go, like, he's calling. And I've told this guy, look, I'm fucking recording at this time. You call me, you're going to be on the air. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so he's like, I don't want to be on the air. I'm like, well, then so don't fucking call me, This asshole. time, instead... It's Rusty's once to twice a year. It's not once to twice a year anymore. First phone call oh my for God. the animal welfare shelter. Yes. So, um, yeah, I have a really excellent phone number. It's very easy to remember. I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to tell you that it's really easy to remember. But it's also one of those it's numbers that would be very business phone like. Yes, it's very business phone like because of the number. It's not just a bunch of random numbers. It is a very business like number. If if you get my meaning, it's it's yeah. a it's a base number. Let's yeah. let's put it that way. Uh, well, I mean, there's there's not many cell phone numbers that end in three zeros. Exactly right. So here here we go. Uh, play detective, you'll probably end up with my phone number at the end of the show. Uh, but this is uh, uh, every year, right around this time of year, I end up getting hammered with wrong phone number calls. And people will call me at any time of the day. It doesn't matter what time of day it is, but they will call and they'll be like, we lost our kitten. Or we found this car, uh, this dog that was hit by a car. Or uh, how do you? It's not how, funny, how you, but it's funny that they're how, getting you. How how do you take care of a horse? 
Or uh, I heard that you have a bunch of animals at, you know, at the shelter there, and uh, I'd be willing to take some of them off your hands. Creepy. Um, uh, some of some of these phone calls are just out there. And then, of course, I've got the old lady that reads the same number over and over again. And even though I tell her it's the wrong number, she'll go back to the same source, which just happens to be the phone book, printed media. Jesus. Wait, um, people still use printed yeah, phone books. I, I fucking know, right? When that I mean, shit comes up on my phone, like, don't just use Google. I, I thought that was replaced by Google on like whitepages.com. You know what the funny thing is? Is if it was wrong on Google, all I'd have to do is report it on Google and they'd fucking change it. I've done it. It's fucking happened. I've fixed it on Google. I can't fix it on Yahoo because them fuckers are assholes. But Google, so is Yelp. But Google. Who? Got it. Take a, oh, don't I even wonder fucking, if they have oh, a Jesus Yelp page. Well, if it's on the fucking yellow pages, I'm sure it'll end up on the fucking internet again. Anyway, I get oh, phone calls for the down. local animal shelter because of, because of the similarity in my phone number to theirs. And it is all the fucking time. I get fucking like eight or nine fucking calls a day from people just saying shit like my cat's sick i i don't know what to do <laughs> or, or or the the saddest one i've gotten was you know you know that uh his wife had passed and he had two dogs that he needed to get rid of i'm like oh dude this is this is not how i want to start my day of course they leave they leave voicemail messages and I'm very clear on my voicemail, my voicemail, you know, normally voicemail messages are like, or voicemail greetings are like, Hey, this is, this is rusty. Leave a message. No, I put in there my name, the company I work for the day, the hours that I work, the fact that I'm working for a tech company and that they need to leave a message related to the technical issue that they're, you know, that they need assistance with. He was distraught. He wasn't paying attention. None of these people who leave messages on, you know, on there have listened <clears throat> at all to what my fucking 15 to 20 second voicemail greeting is. And I do that on purpose because even the 20 second greeting pisses off some of the customers I get. Um, <laughs> oh, but, hey, what you know? It's not wrong on Yelp. It's not wrong on Yelp. Thank God there is a Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, see, there is... <laughs> it's just so maddening because I can't really do much about it. Once it's in printed media, it's ended up ends up on 80% of the fucking doorsteps. And, thankfully, and in my fireplace. Thankfully, a good you know 80% of those people who get it fucking just chuck it because i mean that's what google's for right uh so just saying i've never used mine i think i've got like three or four of them that ended up on my you know on my doorstep and it went from my doorstep to the trash immediately or to oh, the recycling bag that goes straight into our recycling bin that right like i didn't even ask for the fucker right I mean, if the internet ever went down and I could not access Google, there's a good chance that my phone would be off too. Right. So who the fuck would I call? <laughs> right. 
Um, I mean, even your home phone, because there's not a home phone that's not internet modem based who, anymore. Who who has landlines anymore? Right. You know, we're completely fucked if like there is a big, big fucking like well network out. That's like remember the the fucking outage last spring. Right. So some dickweed <laughs> over down in Dallas cuts one of Verizon's main trunk fiber lines. Yeah. And, that's and another dickweed in Oklahoma City cuts the backup. On the same day, within a couple hours of each other. It was amazing. And the entire Midwest went dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Right. <laughs> What, I mean, what do you do at the, that point? The funny part was it was Verizon fiber lines, but it, anyone who knows anything knows all of them are internet are interconnected at some point. Right. Everybody uses the same source at some point, right? So while it didn't affect AT and T Mobile, I know it. It fucking affected Uverse. Oh yeah. It, it affected their fiber internet. Oh, yeah. Basically, the the only people whose internet still worked were the ones that were still on the basic DSL services that weren't tied to fiber. Right. You know, it's, uh, yeah, something like that happens. Fucking, uh, I'm not going to go looking for the fucking yellow pages to look right. up a fucking phone number. Chances are I wouldn't be able to call them anyway. Second thing, if I really needed to go someplace or talk to somebody, I'd probably just go and talk. I mean, honestly. Really? No, he wouldn't. He hates people. You're right. I hate people. <laughs> people suck. People with, like, people surrendering he, pets to the fucking shelter suck more. Thank you very he, much. He talks to you because you're not sitting here in his face. And he talks to Justin and I because we're of the people he can actually tolerate on this planet barely just barely <laughs> and it's getting worse by the fucking second guys now, <laughs> so yeah no I, I so for for the most part my phone is as regulated as i can make android be for phone calls when i uh you know when i'm not fucking working I have the have it fucking locked down to only a certain number of people actually being able to ring through. Otherwise, I'd get no fucking sleep. Oh, I mean, I know. because I sleep during the day. I I'm fucking you know I work night shifts. So I, it, if it's like me, my wife, and five other people, pretty much, you know, and yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah. I, if my mom calls, I, I, she'll wake me up because she, he, never, she his never mom, calls. grandma, and my wife wake him up on a regular basis. Yeah, and, and if you do that too often, you get put in timeout. I've got a timeout <laughs> setting. I I have a fucking timeout where setting. I don't even call him when I actually need to. I mean, I have to keep my phone on because of work, but I don't necessarily, absolutely, must keep my phone on at all times. So, I mean, if it gets too bad, I will fucking, like, turn the fucking phone off and chuck it across the fucking room. I don't fucking care. I could live without that for a fucking eight hours while I'm sleeping. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, sure, it's my alarm clock, but I've got another phone that's not tied to any network. Right. Which is great, because that's the only phone that I can stand. It's the one that doesn't ring. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one he watches his porn on. Pretty much. Anyway, um, <laughs> what? 
You look at me like that. Fuck. Fuck. I'm a single dude. I can watch porn on a phone. What? So, hey, look at me like that. <laughs> it's too bad there's not there's not a judging eyes I, sound I, effect. I actually wish we had cameras right now. It's just asshole. Fucking like, fucking need porn. <laughs> I get pussy whenever I want it. I don't need porn. Look. I like being single, guys. I mean, it, it doesn't distract me from getting porn, too. Okay. All right. So she, share, she shares porn with me. Oh, that's even better. Two thumbs up. Keep her. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Fucking that just, you know, that this this week has been fucking just just fucking terrible for me. I have not, that. Hey, you got to try some nut butter. I did. I did that fucking nut butter though. Mm. <laughs> My girlfriend's nut butter. <laughs> mm. Oh, but it was so good. It was... I let them. So not to be keto cast for too much longer, but it... it's going to keep happening. Um... She made more treats, and I. She was. Uh, she brought a bunch of stuff over here to wash and then pack for her trip. She was here for like literally twenty minutes while they were here. And she uh, made me some more fat bombs that are basically just fudge. Mm. And it's just, she made homemade nut butter out of like hazelnuts and walnuts uh, and almonds. A bunch and, of roasted nuts. And she does a lot of this. She's very crafty. She just whipped it up and then said, hey, this has got xylitol in it, so it'll be sweeter. You'll probably like this. Thanks for helping me out this week. And then gave me a huge bag full of fucking, like, keto fudge. And I was like, I can't eat all that. She's like, then share it. And share he did. So I gave them uh, my girlfriend's nut butter fudge. And then I guess she's got some, like, pure cacao. She was telling me right before she left that she's found some pure cacao that she's going to make some uh, more of those out of. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. But uh, it was good. I mean, I thought the fudge... She'd made last week was good. That stuff was pretty good too. And she's just experimenting. This is like this. She's, I couldn't even tell there was artificial sweetener in it. Xylitol doesn't taste that much different than sugar. It's burnt sugar. Mm-hmm. It's what they were going to use in World War Two when there was a sugar shortage. Mm-hmm. But it turns yeah. out that it doesn't. It kind of passes through. Yes. Yeah, it so doesn't it, get absorbed. It also means that if, if you eat a shitload of it, you're going to get the shits. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. But that's well, on a keto diet. You don't eat a ton of sweetener anyway, so and you it's not with the shits anyway. If you so. do too, <laughs> yeah. and if you do too much of anything that doesn't get absorbed, it will actually wreak havoc on your liver and your kidneys. Mm, because it doesn't get absorbed, it what it does is it. But it's a way more natural sweetener than like aspartame or something like that. Yeah. This is not. I'm sure yeah. they chemically extract it somehow, but it's not the same effect of basically being a science experiment like aspartame. Yeah, aspartame. Hmm. I've the, been staying completely away from that shit. A- aspartame, the the uh, oh, is it sweet, sweet and low or sweet and low is aspartame, and yeah. that gives me fucking migraines. So that shit was basically <laughs> a byproduct of fucking uh, what is it tar refining? Yeah, you know that's what aspartame actually came from. I think. Don't like oh, it's sweet. It, I'm sure, but I mean, like the guy, the guy was doing some stuff had uh, had 
had this uh, powdery substance that was left over from from tar refinery, didn't fucking wash his hands, picked something up and and ate it with his fucking powdery little fucking fingers. And uh, uh, he said, man, that's sweeter than normal. And then he licked his finger like you're refining tar. Why are you fucking licking your fingers after your experiments? Dude. Anyway, um, he did that. And he's Rip. like, oh, that's marketable. And fucking went with it. Do you, do you remember when they tried linking that to Alzheimer's like uh, they two tried decades to link ago? Aspartame to fucking Alzheimer's, eggs to cholesterol, fucking everything, man. It just it, it, whatever the case may be, I know it's way less healthy than it's led on to be. Yeah, yeah. it it definitely and triggers my really. Actually, so is Splenda in large enough amounts. Yeah, even though it's derived from well, but sugar Splenda's cane. got a, several other things attached to it. If you want to yeah. get a sweetener that tastes like Splenda, you're better off getting sucralose. But then I found out you're way better getting. Off with like xylitol. No. Yeah. You just can't get xylitol would kill a fucking dog. So Z- just don't give it yeah, to your dog. Right. Xylitol's good. Um, Monkfort's actually a decent sw- sweetener too. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's all right. I it's got it, its thing. It's better than Monkfort is good in coffee and uh, it's good in coffee and teas and that's pretty much it. I've I'm used it's it not, to bake. Uh, it's not very good for baking though. She was saying this stuff absorbs liquid a lot faster than sugar, so it was a little bit tricky to cook with. Yeah. But she figured it out. It's also much sweeter than sugar, so you use a a, a, a much smaller amount. A lot less, yeah. But, yeah. Either way. Anyway. More tasty treats. Fucking. And she made me some ranch before she left. I didn't expect a tub of ranch, but that's what she left me. Hey. A tub of homemade ranch. That's not bad. I, I mean, I, I looked at it, and, she, and she's like, buttermilk, fucking ranch, buttermilk ranch, fuck yeah. And, and I'm like, Mayo. And, yeah. Very natural ingredients. Uh, spoiled, you are. Yoda, I am. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I haven't really done a whole lot interesting this week. It's been one of those weeks where me and her hung out a lot. We started a new show. I, I don't. I mean, I finished Umbrella Academy last week. I didn't really talk about it, yeah. but you'd already talked about it. What you think? It. I watched I liked it, too. It. I liked it pretty well. I I can see that there doesn't have to be a second season, but it would be fun to see a second season. Right. I mean, it. there was definitely a bit of finality to it, but at the same time left it just open enough I think that what they did you is could they, come back with a second season. They I made, think, it, made it so in case it didn't do well, yeah. you could say, that was good. Yeah. yeah. And that it stood on its own. It and that's get, a good trait. It did get renewed for a second season. By yes, the way. it did. So and I'm interested. I'm, the, it was a slow start, but I could understand why there was a, lo- a very oddball story going on there. Well, there uh, was. But did yeah. you see what I meant about the pacing, the back and forth? Yeah. Just kind of threw it off in parts. Yeah. Like, I, would, I was very, very satisfied with it at the end. And then. We started something new. I'm not really a big Eli Roth guy, and this has gotten a lot of good and bad reviews. I started watching Hemlock, Hemlock Grove with her. I watched it. Um, Hemlock Grove I will is say, actually pretty damn good. She, Me and her are on the same page with like vampire shit, and it seems like there's some of that going on here. Like It's definitely not Twilight, right, but more of a Nosferatu kind of thing or something kind of mm-hmm. gross. Mm-hmm. And the something kind of gross on this is pretty intense. The werewolf thing. 
I mean, it's, I, it's, I don't know that it's spoiling much. There's going to be a werewolf at some point. Right. And that was the most uh, intense werewolfing I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I was very impressed. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. We were both kind of doing the thing where you're arms almost over your eyes are like man yeah. that's good that's fucked up yeah fuck yeah. that's brutal um and if you like that one um so we're gonna watch a lot of that probably if they still have it up uh penny dreadful is actually pretty good maybe it's a little bit more noirish you say more victorian but still very victorian mm. Maybe. I, mean, I was never a Vampire the Masquerade guy, and that's what that seemed like that was more towards fans of that kind of vampire thing. Yeah. I don't know. I Like I said, for me, it's more of a, I'm not, like, I'm into the vampire, vampire game that's out there, right? Right. I thought about going back and playing that again. But um, that was the closest to a Victorian setting thing that I like, but it's also really gruesome. And I like stuff that picks on lore that's a little bit more Eastern European. So I'll give you an example. Like with Pillars of Eternity 1, they had vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had like lower vampires that were basically like deformed bat-looking things. Um, I like a lot of that really weird, fucked-up-looking stuff. Kind of like the lore that you get from like playing Witcher or something like yeah. that. The stuff that's not so pretty. Right. You know what I mean? More gritty. You 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 want I like monsters. gritty I like monsters yeah I like gritty mythology too so right um yeah I so far I've been liking it pretty well you like well. the Beowulf cell monsters oh hell yeah yeah so yeah and me and her both like the, you know supernatural type stuff so it's kind of like the I mean it's nice to be able to watch stuff like that with my girlfriend I guess right it's, you know it, it's it's nice. definitely not a any musical anything oh, right uh the uh, yeah just. I, I'm, I like the, the stuff the 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 werewolf stuff. I mean, yeah. Um, fuck you. Know, another one that just pops into my head every time I think werewolf is American Werewolf in London. Go figure. Never um, actually seen it. That's actually a horrible movie. Don't watch what's it. What's that? Uh, <laughs> what's that movie that? It just pops up. No, no. What's the movie that also had a great transformation that he was under study, and then he transforms in front of a whole panel. And I'm trying oh. to remember the name of that movie, and I remember that at least Fuck. the transformation being really intense. Oh, I don't know. Like where those fingernails popped out, like yeah. completely changed. I, 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 I don't know. Now it's it's gonna bother us until we figure it out. But and I'm like, usually the one that can recall this shit off the top of my head. Well, I mean, typically my cup of tea is action, sci-fi, or some type, not full-on horror, but more like. Thriller, horror, or action horror, you know? Yeah, action horror, I could definitely understand. Like, you know, I really like Ash versus Evil Dead or Evil Dead or well, that's any of that shit. It's funny. Yeah, but it's, a, it's also action horror, too, though. This is my boomstick. Yeah. Rip Ash versus the Evil Dead, by the way. Yeah, that sucks. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's getting old. He is. But they were playing off of that. Oh, they were playing off of that beautifully, actually. I'm trying to talk as I look up werewolf movies. <laughs> so I can just look at a list and know what it was. Well, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm i doing a very similar thing. It wasn't a new movie either. This is something that came out years ago. But anyways, um, yeah, so so far Hemlock Grove's been good. I mean, it's I'm pretty pretty into it. 
been having a hard time sleeping too, so I've been going with comfort games. So I won't bore you with a lot of the details, but you know, I know I need to play something else. So um, BattleTech finally croaked on me. I'll explain why. Oh dear. Here's what happened. So the update that just happened broke my modded game. Oh no. Uh -huh. So I am not playing that because I was really far into it. That kind of sucks. I kind of need to figure out a way to just set it to not update if I want to play basically their version of Long War or Rogue Tech. But stop playing that and then Got started playing something I shouldn't have started. Uh-oh. What did you start? XCOM 2 Long War. That's because you're, like, super hard into the fucking tactical I can't kit. find a good tactical game. And oh. that's the problem. I can't find a, like, they've got... So I'll bring a bit of news and then I'll snap back, right? Like, I'm looking forward to Phoenix Point. Now it's going to be on Epic Store only. Right. So... Hey, so... I get it. I mean... Just fucking... Just use the damn launcher. It's just a launcher. Jesus. I know. It's just I mean, annoying the shit out of me. Yeah, sure. I got I got a little pissy because, yes, it's another fucking launcher, and there's, what, fucking like 50 of them now. Uh, but you know, the way I see it is... Skinwalkers, maybe? No. <laughs> I can't remember. I... It wasn't Brotherhood of the Wolf. Uh, but, you know, uh, the fucking launchers thing, I've gotten way over. Uh, I'm using the Epic Launcher uh, for um, uh, for for the Division, actually. Uh, so I picked it up there instead of on Ubisoft's because I don't, I don't necessarily like Ubisoft's uh, launcher service. I thought about picking it up on Green Man <laughs> if I was going to do it on PC. Oh. I'm just at a point right now, like, if Green Man had a key, then I was going to do it on there. Yeah, I I just picked it up on Epic. It's it's not it's not bad. I mean, it still uses UPlay, but I mean, uh, you're gonna have that even if you was to use Steam. So yeah, uh, it's it's just another storefront for me. Um, I'm trying to keep it to a minimum as far as the amount of launchers that I have, but you know, I basically just uninstalled you know Origin because there's nothing on there I want to play. Um, and uh, now I've just got the two. The, I've got Steam and I've got, you know, uh, Epic. And I don't know. Epic's been doing, you know, doing some decent stuff. They've been giving out, giving out free games each month. So, uh, I mean, that's a that's a incentive to. They've thrown down the gauntlet pretty hard at Steam. Yeah. I mean, I picked up uh, Axiom Verge was you know it's it was either free now or was free recently um and it's not that bad of a game no it's actually a pretty good game um there's a couple of them i think slime rancher is uh, what's free right now which uh, take it or leave it it's slime rancher but whatever i mean i got a friend of one of my ex-employees um is really big into slime rancher and she's been telling me about it through steam it's it's but, all right it's not it's not super. <laughs> it's it's just all right. Honestly, it's just a comfort food, a gaming thing, and I was looking forward to creating characters from real life in a game. Mm -hmm. Downloaded Long War Two. Downloaded a bunch of you know cosmetic mods to give additional items of clothing, etc., to people. Right. Um. And 
started rocking that sucker and it is nice being able to run that game on Mac settings without it just chunking my computer even on a regular hard drive. Yeah, this is the first time you've actually run it on this, you know, on this uh new card, right? So XCOM 2 hurts a card. Yeah. Um I think it's the way that it renders shadows and the way that it does a softening effect. Mhm. But it over V-syncs typically. Um, and it would kill my other card. Like you would, it sounded like I had a fan running all the time in there when I would run XCOM 2. And now I don't even hear the fan, but good. it still hitches when it loads. And I think part of that is just the texture load off the old hard drive I have it sitting on. Right. But everything else, once it gets going, I don't have any issue. Um, but yeah, I started dicking around with that and I really like it. I played more Metro. Metro is really good. I'm just, I'm just. I have to get in the mood. I'm really in the mood for a turn-based game, and there's just not a lot out right now. Mm, and I thought about Warhammer 2s for 20 bucks right now is a thing. Right. But I'm kind of saving my, my bills here for Securo or Division. And we'll get into Division here in a minute. But but it's one of those. I think Securo would be right up your alley, just the way that you like, you know, you like the From Software game, you know, it's Miyazaki, or not Miyazaki. Is it Miyazaki that makes those? No, uh, Miyazaki is a is a famous Nintendo designer. Right. Yeah, you you know me in names. I well, I wouldn't be able to answer that question. <laughs> uh, no, it's. I mean, I can tell it's from you know it's a from software game, and you like all of the fucking uh, Dark Souls, Dark Souls games. Uh, but yeah, this this would be right up your alley. So. You getting that game is a fucking no-brainer. Uh, whereas... It is Miyazaki. I was right. Man, I remembered that name. <laughs> whereas The Division is kind of a no-brainer for you know for Jason and I. Yeah, Division is on my list for this year. Yeah. Um, but way on my list is Sekiro. Yeah, you, you're definitely going to be the, the probably the only person around the table that's going to pick that up. I kind of feel like if, even if I got Division it. this week... I would uh-huh. put it down Friday for about a month. Yeah. And, you know, honestly. And I don't with... care about being behind everybody else with Division because I, even with me getting it, even if I really like it, I'm going to pick it up, put it down, pick it up, pick it down, put it up. You yeah. know, I'm just going to well, peter through it. The beauty of the Division is scaling, mm-hmm. and we'll get into that more. But... The, uh, you know, just from my own personal perspective, even if you was to pick this game up, if you pick up the Division later, uh, and, and you are primarily playing solo, you're still going to have a good time. I'm just, I'm at a point where I am playing games pretty hardcore, but I'm also not. Like, this week I was I was actually jumping back into Elite Dangerous in VR. Mm, yes. And boy, does that look good in VR. Finally getting it tuned right and running it on the setup um, with 1.6 super sampling is a sweet spot for me where I'm getting post 60 frames a second all the mm-hmm. time regardless of what i'm doing uh, which is good for vr because it makes mm-hmm. it comfortable oh yeah um i was just flying around so like i took my vulture out to a nav beacon mm-hmm. and just started blowing shit up and for a little bit i just went off the nav beacon went into deep space and just cut the engines you know and just floated around and just hit the rotate view thing and then just fired my big beam laser Watching it just like melt people. No, no, just Just watching it shoot. And I was like, this is just really good looking. Like it, 
if we had the time, like I would literally just put you in a cockpit and let you rotate the view and then just watch lasers. And it's like taking that screen, but then it's putting your face on that screen and then you're not seeing pixels because it's so highly rendered. And then just firing lasers or just looking at vent ports on your ship while you're boosting. And they're just like, just, this looks so good in VR. Just getting into a ship and going to an asteroid belt must be fucking great, too. Cause, I, I haven't mean, even done that. And I was just like, I've got to do that next. try it. I did the mining mission, uh, the mining tutorial, because I was thinking about mining. I got, I'm not like our mega, our like longtime friend of the show, Nymp, who has like, probably farmed billions of credits at this point but i have a lot of small ships i have mm -hmm. sidewinder i have an eagle i have a cobra i have a cobra four i have a viper a viper four i have a vulture i have a type six i have a what's the fighter version of a type six? Oh, the oh, keelback 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 have a keelback i love that ship i have an asp um, I have a Diamondback Explorer. I have all the small ships, and I've been engineering them right, but I've got the Cobra Mark IV kind of sucks for combat, but it's got good cargo space for the size of ship it is. And it's a decent mining ship, and it also looks cool as fuck anyway. Mm. But um, it's cool. it's it's even chunkier than a regular Cobra III. That's the thing. It's faster but even slower on the turns. But I've got it loaded up with mining the subsurface scrubber or whatever the fuck laser things and mm. seismic charges. So I was going to go mining and I was like, that would be fun. But I was really looking towards community events to maybe just start actually just contributing. It's like, fuck, Sekiro comes out next week. If I jump into this, I'm not going to have time. That's the way I felt about And everything. so all I did is I shot a bunch of shit, went and took a an actual passenger mission to kind of get my legs on that to see what that was like and flew it in my Cobra Mark III. Wow. Okay. Uh, just single passenger. I just wanted to see what it was like, you know. <laughs> get in the passenger seat. We're going for a ride. <laughs> Did one of those scanner missions. So I drove around in the, what do you call the, basically the lunar lander? The SRV? SRV. Drove that in VR for the first time. That took some getting used to. Oh, yeah. Um, because it doesn't drive like a car and a bunny hops all over the well, place. Well, shit, that took and some getting of, used to in 2D. I know. So think about that in VR. It's, uh... And when it rolls. Uh, yeah, I got used to it. Um, that's what I think. That's the thing. And that's, I've got some good VR legs right now. That was a little rough. Yeah. Um, but I got past it and, yeah, I mean, it still looks amazing. I just want to set a focus goal for it and I just need to not have something on the horizon for lack uh, of a better term. Right. Right. No, so I'm very much the same way. I want to I want to devote about a month and play yeah, it. I want to I want to put in if if I'm going to go through the the process of getting everything configured and getting all the controls set up properly for it, I want to be able to focus the game for a bit. Uh and, and I, you can do I know you got the flight stick, but I've finally got it to where I can do everything on the controller. Yeah. I did the combo button presses for the the only thing I had on my um, and this is even without voice attack. The only thing I had on my ship that I was using the keyboard for was chaff, the, you know, all my defensive measures, basically. Heat sinks, chaff, the other thing, right? Well, and I bound all that to left button plus trigger, left button plus left trigger, left button plus, like, X. Right. And I got all of those things mapped to just hold down left button and do these combos. Right. And that works just fine. And I'll tell you, flying with a controller, when you can look around, makes a huge difference. I've got fixed weapons now on that vulture. i got a fixed... Multi cannon, which mm -hmm. normally would be, it's impossible it's, to do almost. Right, 
I have a fixed multi-cannon on there, and I am burning through shit with a fixed multi-cannon on a VR set because your spatial awareness is so much better. Mm-hmm. You can, I can hit everything. Yeah, it's it's so much better. Now, I will be, I will be actually, you know, going and I've got the, you've know, got the flight stick, of course, and I will eventually, you know, set that up. Uh, but that takes the configuration for uh, Elite Dangerous and multiplies it by at least two or three i would say download a configuration and then tweak it well that's what i've got i mean i've got the configuration saved from the last time i you know i did the configurations but it's just getting the buttons to the point where i can just do a couple of i did the so every time i've jumped back in just to test it out Mm -hmm. it's been do a couple of training missions to so I don't blow up my ship. Oh, I I've got sidewinders that I go and test things with. It's just uh, I with the uh, with the flight stick, I want things to be in a, con- a comfortable configuration, so I don't have to really think so about it. So it's intuitive, right? I don't have to think about it. I can just do it. Well, the thing you're missing too, Jason, with VR is you have a stick to look at different panels. Yeah, that you don't need anymore for VR because mm-hmm. you just move your head. And that takes a lot. That takes a big series of buttons out of the whole configuration. And it may sound stupid, but I would be doing the voice attack thing next time I play it, and that's going to be the uh, the next configuration. I'll be doing you know the gamepad plus voice attack and VR, because voice attack allows you to just basically say you know deploy hard points and it fucking does it. Or I just know, hit X. I know, but for me. I want to be able or I to hold, have. I hold X and move he, at the left and right. He, he he wants that. He wants that Star Trek feel. He uh, wants to be able to say. I turn my fucking lights on in my apartment by saying Alexa, turn on the lights. So give you some more perspective, just for you're welcome. I'm not an awesome pilot, but I'm a fair <laughs> pilot, and I got rid of. I wanted to do a test with the Vulture, right? And I know the Vulture is very maneuverable. But I did the no autopilot and just pulled autopilot all the way off of it. And I did a fucking, like, corkscrew into the mail slot with that thing and then just almost hit fucking afterburners in the spaceport and hit almost full stop and then just, like, almost nosedived onto a pad. And I was like, yep, I'm, I've got it. Yep. I've, yeah, I don't need this I'm anymore. Just, I've just buzzed the fucking tower. With no fucking flight assist. Thank you very much. No, and I did a lot of that stuff without flight assist, and that actually, because of your spatial awareness, you can see your smoke trail, your vapor trails, right? So I know what direction I'm spinning with stuff a lot better than I did before, and I fly mostly without flight assist with that thing, and that's a really good feeling. Like, it's just so much... That's the closest you're going to feel to being in Battlestar Galactica on anything that's out Mm -hmm. there right now for flying ships. Hands down. But... All that shit aside, and then playing a little bit more Metro and getting out of the fucking spider area. Fuck that. Um, <laughs> fuck those spiders. Oh, God, that's fucking creepy. They're, oh, man. The, I'll just, my my two-minute review so far of Metro Exodus is that they have nailed the fuck out of atmosphere, and they have nailed the fuck out of having just enough bullets for things. Right. I haven't gotten to the point of meleeing stuff, but I almost needed to. Several times. It was mm-hmm. a lot of like, let's just figure out how to build shit with my fucking BB gun because that's all I really got. Uh, I used my BB gun. Once I got the BB gun or ball bearing gun or pneumatic gun or whatever the fuck you want to call it, once I got that, 
I very rarely ever actually pulled out any other weapon unless I went into a bunch of oh shit moments. Uh, and I don't think I have actually, I, I don't think I used any bullets against the spiders. I meleeed every one of them. I didn't know you could melee them. Yes. Uh, that would have been once you once you have the uh, once you have the that flashlight was such a, on them. I was such a scaredy cat. I had the flashlight and a lighter and a shotgun <laughs> because I was giving all the light out. And I don't spoil that too much. That's a fun moment, right? But lighter out and flashlight out and shotgun hip fire because fuck those things. Oh yeah, you and can, I'm sure I'll run into more of them at some point. But like you that can was melee like, them. That was like one of the most. Half-Life 2 Ravenloft moments I've had oh, in a yeah. long time. Fucking Ravenloft, man. We keep going back to that. That was a That's really, a really good, good fucking level, man. I Ravenloft is a fucking legendary level. But, oh, my God. But I want to say, like, that's the kind of... So far, it feels... I know you gave a pretty rough review at first. Yeah, at first. I, I feel it's a fairly Mastercraft game with a little bit of hokey moments, but it's got... This is obviously the most polished it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And I am having, I'm having fun. I just it, the only reason I haven't rushed through it again is me wanting turn-based game. I like sitting down after a long day and playing turn. The only the only thing like I'll give you another quick example, and I'll just we'll jump right into the division because I know you guys are just roaring to talk about this. <laughs> but you play elite. There's not a, really a pause for that, right? No, right. And I want to sit and chat with my girlfriend, or she comes over and does something with me, right? I want something I can kind of pick up and put down. A turn-based game like XCOM 2 or Battletech literally can just mid-battle save and leave. Save and leave. And you can kind of do that with, I can't talk, I can't split focus with uh, Metro just because of how that works, right? And I know with Division it'll be more the oh, same, yeah, like I'm not going to be able to mess with that. Because Metro just sucks you in. I can't wait to get my hands on that game. So speaking of Metro, you guys, so far are not hating on this game. Am I right? What? Metro? Me- I mean, uh, not Metro, Division 2. Ha. Ha. <laughs> I'm doing the opposite of hate. So, where Anthem fails, Division 2 excels in every single way. <laughs> every single way. Every single way. Um, I mean, Anthem 2 definitely has better visuals. Anthem has... Well, Anthem has its Iron Man moments, and yeah. I, and I think that's really the only only thing that kind of so makes the only that game thing, different. And I actually I posted the article to the well. The setting is definitely a lot more yeah. sci-fi, right? But yeah. it's still it, it's still kind of um, meh. I don't know, but you, there's not anything super unique about that outside of the combo system and the ability to fly. Right. That's pretty much it. But I mean, I actually posted a an article from Forbes to our secret group on Facebook. And and the reviewer there kind of outlined exactly what I'm going to say here. It Division 2 still has the same problem that any strictly military-based game has. Yes. And that is a lack of artistic freedom and design concept. Well, that's because you're using right. real-world weapons. Right. So it can be less impressive than, say, an Anthem or Destiny in that way because there's not a whole lot of artistic license to anything, well, right? You, you're, 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 looking at, you know, you're looking at the artistic license, say, on level one 
M4 versus a level 30 M4. They're both look the same. They both look the same. So, if you was to walk up to a table right now and you have two M4s sitting, the left one right. and the right one, you would not be able to tell looking so, at them whether or not it was a level for, 30. So that can kind of lead to, and it did so in the in the first division, that can kind of lead to feeling like even though you're leveling up, you, you really don't feel it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but... That aside, that is a very small thing for the division. A very small thing to nitpick at. Everything else has been excellent. I'm saying from the day I loaded it up Tuesday night when I got home from work. Yeah. Until now. Not only have I had zero server issues. Zero. Zero. Uh, yeah. Um, it has been an even better yeah. ride than the first time I loaded up the division, or even the first time I loaded into Destiny. Yeah. yeah. Because it's it looks pretty. It's it looks really pretty. Right. Uh, it has a kind of, uh, uh, Justin summed this up well, the, the first level, the, the, the intro to the game has a kind of, uh, um, what was the game you said, Justin, I forget. It's, um, uh, South Korea, uh, Homefront. Homefront. Has a very like <laughs> Homefront-esque. Uh, oh, feel Korea, to it. South. <laughs> right? Uh, because you get it right. you're basically, you're in a beach town. Right. It's, you know, you're, it looked you're like in more a bunch like, of houses. It looked like a very rural know? area versus yeah. a very New York City area. Um, so right off the bat, it's very different than the first game, just from that feel. Yeah. it's. Um, and then you get into Washington, D.C., and it's this completely amazing mix of what you had in New York... With all the trash. With all the trash. <laughs> um, you know, a good mix of what most people don't realize about uh, Washington, D.C. is there's actually quite a bit of uh, natural landscape to it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas New York's pretty much got Central Park and that's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, New York City, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Washington, D.C. feels like this very great mix of New York. With the corridor-like. With, you know, with the corridor-like gameplay in, in spots. Right. Uh, mixed with a much more spread out, say, smaller town. Yeah. You, so, you know, you have a lot of... You have a lot of green. You have a lot of open space. The very first thing that you, you know. do when you get to the you know get to DC is you fight across the White House lawn. Yes. So the South Lawn, the yeah, big one, the big fucking lawn, and you have to fight your way there. You know, and you know, of course, they've. I I had. Do you actually get a gun outside of your pistol? I think I think you start with just the pistol. No, you start with the pistol and an assault rifle. Oh, that's right. That's right. I I don't know. 
I upgraded immediately. So, uh, so yeah, you get you you get the the feel of the fact that there's a more open space with more varied uh, varied terrain. It's not. I mean, when you get, when you started the division, the the first one, you got off on a dock and you were in basically right in a street. You know, the first thing you saw was a corner. You know, right. And this is very much. Well, it seemed like it was more open. Yeah, and this is, is very much more, more open. open. Now, just the 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 varied visuals, like the just the different environment. That's that's great, but I mean. The Division 2 has a lot of but things going for it. Even better than that, the gameplay is more solid mm. than it even reached in the Division after all the patches, all the updates. So The Division 2 is is a it, proper sequel. It as is in starting out. They learned from the first game. Yes. And they brought that same level of learning. Massive did forward. not repeat any mistakes. Well, they yeah. still had still had some graphical bugs, though I've never experienced. Any. I haven't experienced any either. I've only experienced one about one bug, and uh, from my my understanding, it's actually fairly common, and they're actually in the process of fixing it. And it's an audio bug. That's it. Oh no, I two bugs. There's so. The other bug I ran into is there's a uh, there's a, a random event that happens in the world called a uh, supply drop. Yeah. Uh, if you if you are in the process of trying to open up one of the supply drops and you get attacked and you roll away from the supply drop and go to cover because you don't want to be out in the open. It'll self destruct. No, it's not that. When I fire from cover here. My gun fires from where it was on the box. <laughs> That's funny. So I am firing from about six feet away from a gun here, and it it turns into the bullets still go to where I want them to go, but it's like firing from around a corner. <laughs> it's it's a really weird bug, so, and it's it's been beneficial for me because that that spot where the box is is not covered. So I haven't. I have an experience that bug, so that must be a PC bug. Yeah. Um, for clarity, I'm playing on PC. He's playing on Xbox. Yeah. So you're going to get some variety here. Um, I haven't had any graphical issues. I haven't had any server issues. The one thing besides, of course, the server load issues during the two betas mm -hmm. that I said I experienced was audio issue where I would either lose gun audio or I would lose all audio completely. Mine was uh, turret. Uh, I, I have not lost any audio. Well, mine is... Oops. So <laughs> that is completely fixed. Mine is uh, when I play, you know, when the turret plays its, uh, its sound. Yeah. Sometimes it will get stuck and uh, the turret sound will continue to go okay. on even after the turret's gone. Well, uh, from all the... From all the posts and stuff I saw in their forums, it looked like from the betas that the PC had more issues than the consoles did. Eh, so, it's, but it's so they're probably still patching. the 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 thing is, is I can deal with an audio issue, right. and I can I can deal with a somewhat wonky like graphical issue, bullet firing issue. But 
I can't really deal with falling through the ground or, you right. know, or missing textures or say enemies that don't fucking yeah. like show up. Now, I was playing some uh, gameplay capture from day one for Justin, just give him some context. And we did see some graphical hitches that, in the dude's he, gameplay. I but think he was I'm, playing on Xbox. He was playing on a One X. Okay. And he was having some frame rate issues, but I haven't yeah. run, I haven't run into that I problem. haven't run into any either. And I have I have two Xboxes. Mm-hmm. So get this. So I since I have two Xboxes in my house, my my one in my living room is set as my home Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. So I ordered the game there first. Downloaded it there first. Yeah. I go download it on the one in my bedroom, and I only have to buy one copy. Fucker. We are playing at, my wife and I are playing at the same time on a single digital copy. Fucker. (laughs) Um, I did buy the Ultimate Edition, so I got the stinking vanity items. So did I. Um, I will say that 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 exotic, shotgun it gave you the shotgun's really good it is really good even though i've out leveled it you can quite a bit ago i know i just haven't gotten the resources to upgrade it yet yeah you can um uh, from from what i understand you can upgrade that yeah you have to find another exotic gun in the game to upgrade it that's fine you know but you can upgrade that gun later on to be able to you know have it at match your level whatever world tier you're at too so yeah um, and Which that's the nice. thing. All of your guns can now be upgraded to whatever level or tier you want You want to take it to. Mm. Um, it's not though, the same way as the Of course, I haven't, I haven't done any of that yet because I'm still, I'm at eight or nine. Yeah. Um, I've put about 10 hours into the game, so I'm not very now. far. Um, pretty much I've cleaned out the first area. Okay. Uh, around the theater, that first section of the map. Yeah. Um, unlock unlock the second one and did the first primary mission in it. I think I'm about you know. three or four areas in. Yeah. So you've probably played double well, what I have or so. I'm actually over-leveled for where I'm at. So uh, the first, like, four levels get you through level, like, 16 or something like that. I'm level 18, and I haven't gone to the the next area, which is to the uh, to the west of the White House. Um, there is there's a couple things I want to talk about. I mean, so for the for the, the well, let me bring this up first. First thing, the map in this game is much bigger than New York. It doesn't look like it though. It doesn't. If you if you was to actually look at the map in game. You know everything From top looks down. Everything it looks, looks about squat. comparable. Yeah, it looks really squat. Is you know in comparison, it's the the division one had a much bigger map Though, because you had to traverse it a lot. Yeah, like, the the actual map itself looked bigger because of the scaling for the UI for that game made it look bigger. Yeah, whereas the map here is a bit more zoomed out, so it looks smaller, but if you're running from point A to point B, it still takes a while. So this was, I mean, it's kind of silly, but one of the things I really enjoy is the 3D rendering 
oh, from yeah. the top-down view on the map. Where it pops up the buildings. Yes. Yeah. I, it, it's a little thing. <laughs> but yeah. it, it was like, oh, that's awesome. It, there's there's a um, lot of little things in this game that's... Yeah, that's but, different. I mean, the gunplay is just more solid than ever. Oh. And I have really enjoyed the split of the marksman rifles so that you have a battle rifle mm-hmm. and then an actual marksman rifle BR category. Um, I've been running a, a UDM mm-hmm. for and a snap and a SVD okay. together for a while now. Mine uh-huh. mine is uh, my 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 loadout tends to be an LMG as my main weapon and I have either a battle really? rifle or a sniper I, for my secondary. I haven't I haven't found an LMG I like yet. Dude, pick up an M60. If you get an M60, yeah. Pick it up and just use it. It's okay. it's a little different because the way that weapons work is each one has a different feel in the way that it uh, yeah, it even does. even models, right? You know, where with the division, um, the only difference you could really tell between different models of guns was really fire rate and recoil. And in, in, uh, in the division two, it you actually feel a difference. There's a there's a there's a difference between each um, one. It's it's smaller. It's but... subtle changes, but it's like actually having a heavier uh, rumble to it or a lighter rumble to it, etc. It's more than just the cursor moving on the screen. Let me just say that an M60 has the M60 sound, <laughs> which has a very distinctive sound. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I and LMGs work, you know, uh, they work in a different way than assault rifles do. The longer you fire uh, an assault rifle, the less accurate it becomes. Right. LMGs are the opposite. The yeah. longer you fire an LMG, the more it, accurate it it's becomes. It's just all the LMGs in the first game sucked. So LMGs in this game actually have a lot of hit, you know, a lot of power to them. And the the big part about LMGs is the fact that they've got so big magazines. You can get LMGs with a hundred mag, you know, a hundred rounds in a mag. What that does or what that allows you to do is it allows you to suppress people. Uh, and suppression only happens from LMGs. And what, what suppression does is if a, if a enemy is under, uh, in cover and you're firing rounds above their head, it'll pop up the word suppressed over top of them. And when they're suppressed, they don't move. They don't pop out of cover. They don't move. What that allows you to do is it allows you to easily flank them and just destroy them with yeah. you know with the remaining okay. portion of your clip. So this might be part of my problem. So far, the only two LMGs I've found are the MG5 and the L86. Yeah. I haven't liked either one. I have tried multiple shotguns, multiple battle rifles, mm-hmm. multiple marksman rifles, multiple assault rifles and multiple submachine guns and i have liked pretty much everyone i've touched and yeah, the submachine um, guns 
are they they feel a little lackluster, you know, to me. The assault rifles feel a lot more powerful than the first game. Well, the SMGs can feel lackluster because weapon type mm-hmm. plus distance mm-hmm. matters. Right. And and that's probably the biggest improvement to this game strategy wise over the first one. You mean I can't snipe with is, my, my crit you know, my crit build freaking uh, SMG from the very first yeah. month or two of the division. Um, damage actually falls off on distance based on what weapon you're using. That's one of the reasons why I like the LMGs, because their damage fall off is tapered in such a way that 30 meters out to 100 meters, is it, it, it tapers off slowly, whereas SMGs have a, uh, a very range of like sharp 15, drop off. and it yeah. sharply drops. But man, that exotic Spas twelve. When people get close, P, yeah, you punch them in the chest and they go down and they don't get back up with yeah. a single shot. So it's awesome. So things. Another thing that you know that you run into is you do end up running into situations where you need to use a shotgun or you need to move your ass you actually have to play strategically in this game move your i ass. found myself and now in the beta i did i concentrated on what i was used to as far as perks etc from the first game right because i was just i knew i was only going to get a few hours in it um Tur- since i have the full game Tur- i went for this i went turret um, and the uh, swarm hive. Yes, hive. I I have the revive hive on. Ah, gotcha. Um, mostly because I have to revive my wife a lot. Yeah. Um, toss your revive. My, my wife's not a not a horrible player at the division, but she does take risks she doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she will die. Well, the um, uh, the the thing that you run into with the division two is that the. AI knows how to get you out of that, cover. That's the thing. Next biggest improvement, enemy AI. The AI knows exactly how to get you out of cover. Each group, each enemy group, much more so than... So the first division, each enemy group felt different just because of the type of weapons they used. Mm-hmm. But all of them, their tactics were pretty much the same, etc. Mm-hmm. Right? This time around, no. Mm-mm. All three groups feel distinctly different in every way, from tactics to uh, how they move. Fucking hyenas are crazy. They're they're eccentric. They're. I have a couple of questions um, about division. So I know there's a lot of like gameplay s changes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, enemies are still like roving bands of fucked up people, right? Kind uh, of, yeah. I mean, you have, so you have a uh, group, um, uh, the outcasts, uh, which are basically people that were infected but received the cure, etc. So they act one way. You have the hyenas, which are basically just all the street thugs uh, who banded together. Do you have... Um, And you have a, a... Former JTF uh, group. Joint Task Force, by the way. Um, I forget what the group's name is. True Sons. 
Yeah, there you go. Does um, so if you pick it up, are you attached to like? So the last one you had setups, right? That you would go through. You get this one set of armor, and then you would kind of build a weapon around it. Is yeah. it kind of the same way? Well, there is. Do you uh, pick, you pick up some so kind of class the, when you start. Or the how does armor that work? is much more simplified this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, now granted, I'm still fairly low in level, so. Um, I getting think. into getting into balancing specializations like between health, between um, uh, weapons, and between uh, uh, skills is uh, not as prevalent for me yet. But you still have relatively the same balance system. Armor is um, so far you don't need to modify it. Well, you will um, later on. The you thing will is, later on. The thing is, at but the I mean, are you picking game, a class? No, you no. are not picking a class. Once you go in, you're a division agent, and you pick the perks that you want. Uh, so you can you, you change those later. Yes, you can yes. change those on the fly. Actually, you don't have to go to a hub or anything like that. You can change your weapons and your perks in the field, which is fucking yeah. fantastic. In fact, you can even go in in the field, remove points from a perk. Mm-hmm. And add them to a new one. Yeah. So the gameplay loop isn't in a setup in a way though that you're having to do that all the time, is it? No. Not really. You you end up. Uh, so for instance, so if you like get if into I wanted to group, be a sniper, right? I yeah. could be a sniper. If I wanted to be a support class, I could respec into that support class to match the role for my group. Yeah. Yes. So if you're in a group right now, um, the 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 way that most the, groups run, they have one person that runs a heal drone. They have one person that runs a revive hive, which is just a basically a uh, a, it, a nanobot. It's similar to support station, but it's one use. Right. The um, you know, so the revive uh, revive hive is basically kind of like a grenade that revives people uh, with nanobots and whatnot. Um, then there's generally going to be one dude that uh, that is designated as uh, a tankier t- style character, and he's got a you know he's got a perk that allows him to use a, like a battle shield, which allows him to either have and a full body shield and a, a pistol, or a half have shield, half shield, and, and a primary one, weapon. One primary weapon, it just kind of clips into the top of it, which is really cool. Uh, and then uh, there's generally one person that's going to be set up with a long range. There's setup. also a ricochet shield that you still only get to use a pistol, but you actually can redirect bullets mm-hmm. fired at you to an enemy. That's interesting. Cool. Yeah. Um, so it's set up in a way that, I mean, I might not have the optimal weapon to be the tank guy, right? But I could still spec into that, have a shit pistol and function enough to help yeah. support the most group. people most people who run the sh- the the shield setup uh run a shield setup and a fucking shotgun yeah and they uh they plop the pump shotgun into the shield you know where the clip and is just charge and, people and charge people shoot them with the uh with the shotgun and when you need to pump he pumps the you know pumps the shotgun into the shield interesting so yeah it's it's um, really cool so here's the thing the way loot has dropped in this game so far if you have if you have a gun you don't really like you're not going to be stuck with it very long no um you will you will pick up another weapon fairly quickly 
See, um, so far, I haven't actually bought a weapon or an armor piece yet. Well, no, I take that back. I bought an armor piece, but that was strictly to donate it to the settlement. Right. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of shit that's going on in this game. Like it it can kind of get overwhelming at first. You you tend to learn the systems as you go, but there is a fuckload of content that's thrown directly into your face right away, uh, and you have to you you kind of have to work around the map to figure out where right. things are and what to and, do. And what's kind of different in this game too, another just kind of setting change. You know, in the first game, half the people really didn't know what to do about you as far as the NPCs, right? Uh, half of them bashed you, half of them were like, thank you for helping, cool, whatever. Yeah. Uh, this game, you're practically celebrated when you walk through the door. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, look, a division agent, yay. Uh, <laughs> and then, so you have these interactions. What makes this game feel even more in-depth is you will have NPCs going going around the map. You actually have uh, people from the settlements going out on patrol, um, going out to scavenge for supplies, etc. You can actually, there's no direct mission to tie you to that. But if you want to, and Crystal and I spent like 30 minutes just doing this, following a scavenge group just to help them go find the shit, which they'll walk directly to. So literally we were just walking with them and eliminating enemies as the group right. came up on them. Um, and they'll sit there, they'll say shit at you. Mm-hmm. You know, all that kinds of stuff. And then when you actually get the supplies... Don't thank you for helping them. You walk with them back, and the entire fucking settlement thanks you like as you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's much more immersive in that way. Yeah. Um, you can make your own gameplay moments. Yeah. And there's some good set pieces, you know, for this yeah. whole thing. There's um, one settlement that is uh, – there's, there's one control point, not settlement, control point, that is – essentially a building that has been blown in half. Uh, and it's uh, it, the part of the building that's been blown in half is just rubble. Okay. So to, uh, to lay the groundwork with the, uh, and I can do this without spoiling anything. So instead of just having your main base of operations, which in this game is the White House, and then have a bunch of safe houses with missions and side missions around it, this game introduces settlements. Settlements are basically other bases of operations laid out throughout the map in each area. Right? So, and those are equally organic. So as you complete side missions or you take control of control points, uh, control points being contested areas on the map where both both groups of NPCs, good guys and bad guys, kind of fight over. So as you take one over, you may lose one and have to go fight for it back, etc. You have to supply them to keep them um, up. And you have to supply them. Uh, so you have to donate water. You have to donate food. You have to donate some sort of crafting component, it's usually. A, it's a uh, com- It just says um, components, but... yeah. 
there's resource nodes throughout the entire uh, area. It's very much like the Division One, where you could go to a place for electronics, or yep. you could go to a place for these things. But in this game, it's food, water, and components. But probably the most welcome change, I say, is the way the perk system works. Yeah, it's all right for me. Um, so in this game. What they did was they changed it so that the currency you buy your perks with is shape tech. Uh-huh. All right. And each safe house actually gives you a map layout for shade tech caches around the map, right? So you actually ha can go just farm shade tech um, and then go back to the White House and buy your perks. Yeah. I, I um, have the the only thing about the perks I don't like is the fact that your weapon mods are tied to it. But you don't have to worry about inventory spots. But you spots don't have to it. worry about inventory spots for your weapon mods, or having to de you know to take off all the weapon mods yeah. from your weapon before um, you it, you know go to the next. I one. noticed even if you get a blueprint for a specific weapon mod, once you craft that blueprint the first time, yeah. Uh, you don't have to craft it again. Right. Uh, for You can put the same one on multiple weapons. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. They can all be active at the same time. It don't freaking matter. Um, and they don't take inventory slots. But so, the trade-off is, is that there's a plus and a minus to each one of them. Yes. So if one has an additional rate of fire, it has less magazine or... Uh, or it, it has if it, more stability but less accuracy, things like that. Yeah. Higher critical hit chance, less accuracy. Yeah. You know. There's there's a number of different trade-offs to it. But the way that it it's built is that later on in the game, you'll end up getting armor pieces that have plus accuracy. So if you end up with more than 100% accuracy for whatever reason – you can throw on a weapon mod that reduces the accuracy down to like 90-something or other, yep. and then you can uh, have the additional um, benefit of the attachments. Now, I will say, as far as your skills, um, there are actually less skills in this, less mm -hmm. base skills in this game mm -hmm. than you had in the first one. What do you mean? Like There's... the actual base skills you buy. Um, like... No, like the turret, the pulse, you know. There's more. There's two more. I thought there was only six in the first one. There's eight here. Were there? Yeah. I thought there you were. you end up uh, you end up with the uh, most people who played the first game either used uh, turret and fucking uh, the yeah, field station true. or something. You know, turret the field, and the shield. Or but the the aid station was was essentially used. Yeah, it was essentially required for every fucking group. Um at least one person had a, uh, an aid station. Well, that's because all the enemies were bullet sponges and if you didn't have it you'd die. Well, the the way that this game works is there's more build diversity. You can have one person who has two healing skills 
and the other person has two long range skills, another person has two explosive skills, something like that. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's uh, a, but there's much more variety to your skills in this game than there was in the first one. The the ability um, there's different variants for each one. E so each one has three to four different variants on it. Yeah, and um, all of them are actually really good there's there's enough there to be useful for pretty much any situation and if you had a group going into say like a raid uh which is coming even though i didn't unlock it this time around in the beta i did unlock the chem launcher that's amazing the chem launcher is uh it is a well it, it is a launcher that allows you to do one of four things you could either use a like a riot foam, which gets you know gets people stuck in place. There is a uh, oxidizer, which re you know it eats away at enemy armor, which is important uh, for a lot of armored enemies. You can actually strip their armor almost completely away. Or there is a flammable gas. There's a flammable gas, which you. Which is you pop into a spot and it opens up a cloud and then you fire into the cloud and it explodes. Which worked well for crowd control. I mean, mm -hmm. you set people on fire and they're not shooting you, right? And then there's a heal one, which you just basically shoot a buddy. But probably the biggest improvement to this game, markably the biggest improvement, is the fact that all enemies are not bullet sponges, even the ones without. In the first game, even the ones without armor, if you were using the wrong gun, you know, it'd take you an entire clip to kill a regular, like, red-scaled enemy. Mm. Um, that's not happening in this one. I can literally, with my assault rifle, my battle rifle, pretty much anything except the SMG that I use, put them down with a couple well-placed high-torso headshots, <laughs> yeah, um, and they go down. I can take out three, nice. three to four people in one in LM, one clip. You know, in one LMG clip, I can suppress Shoot. one person and kill three people. I take three or four people down with my assault rifle. I have a foul, by the mm -hmm. way. Of course, you it's do. Nice. Um, a foul. A foul. F A L. F N. Yeah. F N foul. It's a, a an yeah. assault rifle kind. I've never um, heard it called a foul before. In, in most games, it's a it's a three shot burst weapon. In most games like this. Um, but in real life, it's like one of the most expensive assault rifles you can yes. buy. Right. Um, in this game, it's fully automatic, and it's actually pretty wonderful. It's kind of like shooting laser beams. Mm. Um, so, I want to, I want to put a little bit of a pin in this because you're going to play a lot more of this the next week. I know. Mm -hmm. And oh, Rusty is oh, yes. too, and I think that mm -hmm. the honeymoon phase is definitely here. But it's at least you have a honeymoon phase. Right, you know I'm, what I mean. Like I'm you didn't have an, this game. You're not hitting nobody. Neither of you are this. hating this game. Like you guys have gone at length to a very technical degree with the reasons that you like this, and there's not been a lot of complaint about anything, which I think is a good sign. I have not run into I, a situation where I was bored. Here, here's my thing. This game is so good that I fear that. Um, uh, and that there will be a lot of players that don't give Anthem the chance to flesh out. Anthem even though, means time. Even though I've decided not to buy that game yet. I think I'm going to wait till this summer. Um, yeah. And if it's still alive this summer, 
And they've released a lot of content. I knew they had something for the end of March, and they were and reworking patched a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We're working a shitload of stuff because it's a brand loyalty thing, and I don't like that. But I want it to succeed enough to get Dragon Age, right? Yeah. So just on um, Anthem, uh, a little bit of Anthem things. There was a lot of you know a lot of question considering. Uh, I mean, the game uh, Division Two was available to the people who pre-ordered the Gold Edition you know, three days ago. I'm going to interject, and I'm sorry to be so rude, but there's something that's really big that I just figured out today about Anthem uh-huh. and timing. Right? Here's what Anthem just did: released right before Division, right? Uh-huh. Something that's already proving that it's very stable, and released at the same time as a game that came out of left field that's taken a lot of the looter shooters over. And that's Apex Legends. I'm not into the Battle Royale thing. But there's a guy at work, Matt, you guys know. Yep. um, Who played a lot of Destiny. He was even talking to me today. And he's like, I was asking, I was like, so how's Anthem going? And he was our early adopter of that. Mm -hmm. He's like, I've been playing so much Apex Legends. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And 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 here's the thing. And then you were looking forward to the Division. And I wouldn't play both those at the same time. Um, Anybody who was looking who got anthem but was looking into apex legends or the division both of those games are going to steal players from anthem it's just going to happen because of the issues anthem has had that Um, division two is a future complete game so far yeah you know um division two is so good it may it wouldn't surprise me if there aren't apex players that set apex down (laughs) Well, it's, a, it's a different Apex, kind of game. It's yeah, a but Apex kind has a game. Apex has the allure but, of free. Right. Yes, it does. And, and actually, you know, several, a couple of the guys uh, I usually play with, uh, David and Aaron, uh, they were playing uh, quite a bit of Apex um, and uh, trying to face Resident Evil 2 before uh, the, the Division came out. Yeah. It's a weird year for me personally because, like, I'm interested in Division Two. I was mm-hmm. mildly interested in Crackdown, and like, what did I play so far this year? Um, Metro, which is good. Mm-hmm. We're in March, right? Metro. Metro. I had a mild interest in Resident Evil Two. Not that I think that's a bad game. It's just the same thing I've done before with a modern twist, right? Mm. And it's March, right? <laughs> you know, it's March. Well, when I when and if, really the only thing the only, the biggest quality releases that we've talked about so far is Metro and Division, and it's we're not saying that Apex isn't a quality release. It's just not really for this table, right? Well, no, because of the battle royale aspect to it, the we're thing, not really into that. The but. thing is, is when uh, when Anthem dropped, and I saw the shitstorm that you know that happened with Anthem. Uh, I was going to drop at least 15 bucks into it, and then I decided against even that uh, just because of the shitstorm and the fact that it doesn't, it didn't look complete. And my my time with the uh, with the open beta was not a fun one. Um, I did not get sucked into that game at all. I was going to bounce hard. I made a commitment to myself this week of I'm going to finish one back catalog game in mm-hmm. one new game so I before decided... I move on to something else so the back catalog game I don't know what I want to finish but I'm going to pick something this week like I've been fl- like Battletech I know I can't do now I'm just going to wait till DLC drops this summer mm-hmm. so I'm backed off at Battletech so you guys don't have to worry about that about time 
I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I may I may dabble with some XCOM, but I'm not going to play it as religiously as I did last week. And I may jump into either Elite. We're just going all full man here. Yeah. <laughs> Starting to sweat. Yeah. I, you didn't need the hoodie in here. No, but, I didn't. Um, yeah, I I've like I thought about it. I was like, maybe I'll go to Vampire and just play that. And then mm. whatever comes out, like Sekiro, right? If I dive into... I'm gonna do. I, I'm making a commitment to dive into Division this year. That's something I do want to do. Oh, but yeah. it's gonna be an old game and a new game and an old game and a new game. And right now, I'm gonna finish Metro before Sekiro comes out for sure. Right. Because then I'll lose track of it, and I don't want to do that. Well, you're. And I need to play something VR, so maybe I'll play. Uh, I'll play the other Ninja game. I played a lot of uh, I played a lot of VR over the last you know over like. What have you been February? playing besides Beat Saber? Well, I, I played. I mean, I, I picked up a bunch of different you know VR titles. Like you know, I talked about it last. You know, I think it was last week with uh, uh, with the gallery, uh, the Call of Starseed, and. Uh, you know, red matter and, you know, been branching out into different VR games. I just don't want to play any of the gimmicky VR games. I just want, I I want good experiences, uh, which unfortunately are kind of few and far between. Uh, there are, there is a resurgence of rhythm games now that Beat Saber's gotten, you know, you know, gotten a lot of attention. There is a couple new ones that kind of takes, the Beat Saber rhythm game, but adds um, uh, adds the Space Pirate Trainer style like arena, where you have to shoot at things in a rhythm, which is, you know, I don't know, I, I forget exactly what the call you know, what the game's called, but it's releasing later on yeah. uh, later on this month. Um, the thing is, is with uh, with VR, I want bigger titles and. You know, and because I've spent a bunch of time in VR in February waiting for things, because with Anthem falling through, I basically lost a month worth of you know good yeah. games to play. Uh, so I've been uh, I've been playing around with just trying old stuff. Like I I played uh, Hellblade in VR. Uh, didn't get through it all the way, but I've gotten you know, but I've got a feel for it, and it is much better in VR than, you know, than normal because, you know, the combat actually works well in VR. Um, that game is just built for it, too. Uh, so, I, let, I, me, I, let me pause you a second. So, here's how, here's how far VR's come in a year and a half. So, I went on a company outing to main event last night here in Tulsa and the main event main events one of those uh, uh, playhouse like franchises that, mm-hmm. you know has games has bowling etc they were actually beta testing at our location a four-player VR room scale VR rig mm-hmm. Uh, that has uh, different types of games. You know, it has a zombie game where it's pretty much stationary, but you turn all over the place right. to kill zombies. Uh, one that was very kind of space alien doom like. Um, not sure how the movement works there because I didn't. I didn't get to play that one because the rest of the group wanted the zombie shooter. Mm. <laughs> um, 
Ooh, but that might be something I could try. Maybe that, Doom VFAR. That's yeah. how far VRs come. It's it's becoming, you know. I mean, and VR, it VR requires and it you to try it before you believe in it. Right? And here's the thing: it wasn't like a cheap VR rig either. Mm-mm. It was for Vive Pros, mm-hmm. and that's what Vive Pro was supposed to be for. Right, right. Um, with six, I counted them. There were six GeForce RTX rigs uh, I, on that fucking setup. I, I imagine so. Yeah, and there were eight lighthouses Interesting. on the fucking thing. Yeah. Um. I guess for for the additional uh, tracking, just because you have basically yeah they had four players in the same like um, twelve by twelve space basically. That's I, interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't know how the lighthouses would determine. That's the why they have the extra lighthouses just to track all the hidden corners. Basically. Well, they probably have. Um, I think because they were four, there were four lighthouses. A lighthouse in each corner, but then there was an offset lighthouse on on the sides, right? So they may have actually had some of the lighthouses set up for two cross players and then two cross players. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they had two lighthouses per player, basically. That's still not a bad idea. Yeah, and well, I know there's a lot of there's a guy that I play or I. I Talked to at work a lot that kind of got me into some of the VR stuff that was saying that Pavlov VR is a thing of magic if you like Counter-Strike. Yeah, um, I'm not a big fan of Counter-Strike, so... But I'll tell you, that maybe that'll be the thing that I quote-unquote beat and finish. I'll try one of the VR titles I haven't jumped into in a while. Dude, it, let me know how Doom VR is. I might play some Doom. That might be a really good title to jump into. Now that you've got your VR legs... I've got my VR legs, and I've got a rig that'll run everything at a setting that works, right? The 970 mm-hmm. was overtaxed. Indeed, yeah. Uh, that would run simple VR on an overclock at a very high fan speed. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to... I'm probably going to hold you're, off. You're right. The 1070 gave me almost double the headroom. Yeah, you needed the overhead for sure. Uh, the, uh, for VR, I'm probably going to, uh, I'm probably going to finish Hellblade, um, in VR. That'd be I'm interesting. To, that was super intense for me. Uh, I'm going to also probably eventually play Elite Dangerous in VR. Uh, but for, for me, VR needs to actually come up with a, uh, with a game that I can get into and doesn't look try, stupid. Try Sekiro tonight. Uh-huh. No. The ninja game. Oh, you um not Sekiro. Um uh, Seriento. Yeah. I could, but it's all teleport movement. But I'm in slow mo. I'm kind of addicted at, at, at this point to division two. I'm probably gonna play that tonight. <laughs> okay. Well I mean, if you want to play a VR game, give that a shot because it has a story mode and it has a random map mode. Mm-hmm. So you basically can build up your arsenal in a roguelike fashion, or you can play through the story. Okay. And I was thinking about it's for me, it's a mix between that or Doom. It's whatever requires the least amount of movement right now. I guess I'm being a lazy ass, but I don't want to really swing my arms on anything. I've I I still go back to Beat Saber because that game just I uh, I don't know. I, I, it sings to you. 
I've I still I I really like Beat Saber because it keep it gets me moving. One you know once a day for an hour I can actually fucking sweat and not feel bad about it. Uh, and here's the bad part: like I watch Rusty play Beat Saber, and you could really easily look like a total jackass to other people in the room playing that game. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, for the most part, Rusty looks like a fucking badass. <laughs> you need to come it, over and actually it, except, you know, check this out. Except for when he plays Gundam Style. Oh, well, that's that's just because that song sucks. Um, <laughs> Watch him, Rusty, do that dance to hit the... The oh, blocks. he has to do like a it, the lasso. The, the yes. um, you have the, to the expert the version of that game. Uh, uh, expert version of that song has you doing the full lasso, and you can't just do this. You have to do the you full have to swing. swing. Gotcha. Yeah, because and it actually it makes you, you do the. Uh huh. Yeah the the the, the horse ridey thing. Yeah, the yeah. crossed oh arm God. horse ride. Yeah. yeah. It's it's bad. Um, Cro- that, crossed arm gallop. We'll go with that, right? Because it sounds less stupid than horse riding. Thing. Pretty much <laughs> swinging the reins. No, I I've gotten so good at Beat Saber that uh, that when I showed your wife when she came over the other day, uh, I showed her some of the expert songs that I was playing, the expert plus songs. Yeah, and uh, she she's like. How the fuck did you even hit that? Oh, dude! Like last time I was over, he fucking he fucking played Dracula, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's nothing compared to what I can do now, guy." You need to come over. I'm telling you, this would be a fucking you know, it'd, it'd be great just to see. You need to see what the fucking Oculus can do. You need to fucking like play more Beat Saber because fucking like you suck at it. Uh, and <laughs> I think I do pretty good considering all I right. have like eight total hours in Beat Saber and already do normal songs. And, and 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 I've learned how to hold the controllers differently so that I can even do more in Beat Saber. Yeah, you'll have to teach me that so I don't miss hit shit. It's miss hit buttons. There's a lot of songs. fucking good things about Beat Saber, and it just keeps getting better as you know as more tracks are mapped. You know, it's the Easily the best 20 bucks I've ever spent. Like, easily. It's a fucking great game. If you have VR, you need to have Beat Saber. Jesus Christ. It's like, it, it is, it, it pays for itself just in the modding community. Well, Beat Saber on PC. I think Beat Saber on PS4 <laughs> yeah, on P- with the yeah. limited library wouldn't be as good. Nah, th- that would be more like any other VR, you know, VR title where you only get like two hours worth of enjoyment out of it. But. I've got. I think I've got up to like seventy fucking hours, seventy or eighty fucking hours in Beat Saber. That, that I mean, for a VR title, I spent eighty hours in VR. Fuck yeah! But the next hundred are in Division. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you, you're 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 right. So. Oh, my fucking Warframe clan decided to fucking disown me. They're like. We haven't seen you in a couple months, so fuck you. I'm like, all right, fine. You knew that was going to happen. Yeah. They actually said login was required. Yeah, well, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> there, it give them a couple weeks. They'll be inviting R- Rich Uncle Rusty back. 
Maybe, if I ever actually go back to Warframe. There's been a, cha- a bunch of changes there that I haven't even kept up with. Honestly, I want to try other games. And considering the last third of last year was basically to, dedicated to Warframe, I just wanted to play something different. Wow. So I'm it's finally it's finally here. The fucking game that I could actually sink my teeth into, at least for a bit, you know, Division 2. I'm not disappointed with the $119 I spent on it. Oh, quick side note before we take a break. Um, there was a, uh, there was a bunch of question about the the microtransactions and you know and the monetization oh, of Division yeah. Two. Uh, I can safely say that even me being fucking microtransaction prone to you know and very weak to microtransactions in games. The this game does not want my money. <laughs> this game really does not want my money because I'm perfectly fine looking like a fucking you know with the um, uh, the the Secret Service setup. Oh yeah. Uh, as soon I put the Secret Service Look, suit on, looking I'm like, like looking like the dishe- disheveled fucking Secret, Secret Service, Service guy. agent. Yeah. Yeah. You got the you, fucking sunglasses. You look like uh, Gerard Butler at the at the end of. London has fallen. You know um, the the only other set that I, that I was even interested in is the uh, is the hunter set, which is kind of like a uh, an orange and yeah. white uh, digital camo. Yeah, well, it fits. You you know me. I I I'm gonna have to buy my cowboy hat. Of course you are. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, but that that game actually doesn't really require a whole lot of microtransactions. It is all. Uh, it's all cosmetic and for the most part, you don't even have to buy it because what you see in the packs will be eventually available in the game somehow. Yeah. You know, so you'll be able to get it. Well, they, they already confirmed that the exotic sniper rifle and shotgun that they gave for the pre-order people. Right. Will end up in the game. It'll be late game content. I fucking hate that rifle, by the way. Oh, dude, that hybrid trigger is weird. It is very weird. Like, that's the only thing I kind of hit a wall with on it's a gun. A, it's a binary. And that's just because it's got binary trigger. So, basically, what that means is you pull it, and it shoots. You let the trigger go, and it shoots. It's weird. So, and the main problem with it is is that it's not very stable. Mm-hmm. So, the reticle's sitting there doing a pretty big like eight pattern Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's doing that and you're trying to concentrate on pulling the trigger and holding it until you line your next shot up before you release it 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 fucking hurts warframe has a gun like uh, like that it's a it's called the tiger shotgun it's a dual barrel uh dual barrel shotgun and it has a binary trigger now see that makes more sense on a shotgun, right? Not a sniper rifle. It's not a sniper rifle. It's a uh, it's a battle rifle. It's a, a, a oh. semi auto. And it's a it's a marksman rifle. It's not a marksman rifle. Marksman rifles oh, wait, are the ones. That's right. No, it is a battle rifle class. Yep. I'm sorry. Um, but it's it's basically a Dragonov with a with a hybrid trigger, and it feels fucking weird. I can't. I can't. I can't. I couldn't use it. I tried. I tried. I tried, but like, 
I want this rifle to then, be good. It's then not. what happened? The first decent battle rifle, other battle rifle mm-hmm. I picked up. It's like a, replaced. A Marks, an MK-17. Mm-hmm. Replaced. Replace that motherfucker. I had a hard time replacing the shotgun for a bit, though. I still haven't. Yeah, well, you like, will. Even even running at level at level seven enemies, I'm still putting them down with one shot from a level one shotgun. We love this game. Just saying. If you haven't figured it out. So pick the game. Er, up. Early impression, buy the game. It's it's definitely worth a buy. I th- buy I the think game. they figured that forty minutes ago. So let's go ahead and take a break so All I right. can poop. <laughs> okay, we'll be back. Rutabagas. Rutabagas. And we're back. Rutabagas. And we're back. I made a, so just to start off on a lighter note, I made a couple, made both of these guys just listen to weird vocal performances from a couple of bands (laughs) that I like right now. (laughs) And I got to say, thank you, Travis the Lebowski on Steam. Yeah. um, For reintroducing me to Devin Townsend. Uh, So I will make this short, but Mm -hmm. I used to like, really like Strapping Young Lad a long time ago and they Stopped putting out much in the way of releases for several years ago, before most of the listeners were probably had pubes. Oh. But um, so really heavy band, and then he starts a solo project, and I really didn't follow it. And Travis has been egging me on to try Devin Townsend for a long time because me and him have similar music taste. So for those of you that are interested, there's a song called Kingdom. And it is a man that can sing with an operatic voice and a very much a very heavy metal voice. Yes. But not your typical heavy metal voice. No. Um, he has just got a loud yell thing going on. But he's got an incredible pitch and sh- shift to his voice and a very uh, interesting dynamic to the music. So I am adding Devin Townsend Project and Devin Townsend to my Spotify I, at the moment. I don't have Spotify. I will say the Amazon music at the price of 10 bones a month is pretty fucking awesome. I, you're, you're, you're not wrong. Um, and Jason, Just, because every album he has that I've listened to in the last week is extremely different. Um, Physicist is the name of the album that was off of. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm just going to listen to different shit from him because... He's got stuff this way. It, incredibly... Almost the, Phil his Collins. Vo- his vocal, <laughs> his vocal range, just in that one song, from like operatic to fucking almost disturbed. Your heavy metal mm-hmm. screamer was just. It was something else. Yeah. Um, not hard listening. And then you also had. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Rusty this was the play. best one. This is the best one. So if ginger. With a J, J I N J E R, is a Ukrainian band that has a. You, I'm going to before mention the vocals. It's just a. It's a heavy band that would fall in the. With a female lead. The female lead, but you wouldn't know it. Um, it's <laughs> they look up a song called Pisces. That's the best dichotomy example that I can think of. But um, musically, is a mix between Opeth, Gojira, a band called oh. Otep, and a band called so, the uh, Spotify. Shuffle Play has Pisces and the live session. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, best example song would be Pisces. The next best song would be a song called Ape um, that I like a lot. But And that one's on here, too. I've yeah, just added she's both got a. It, she Spotify. goes. From, she goes from Aaliyah to Cannibal Corpse in about half a second. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> so we're watching this video and we see this fairly good-looking, like small little chick, go from, you know, your normal, well-ranged, you know, female rock vocalist to gore. Well, that's more than gore. Uh, I mean, like instantly. It was. I could have sworn there was, was a dude off-camera singing. It was a brick wall situation for me. I mean, the demon like, came out. Like, yeah, she sounds good. I mean, I've I've listened to female vocalists and you know in a rock setting before. This is this is pretty on par. And then she fucking drops her voice, gets a fucking serious look on her face, and sounds like a demon just started speaking through vocal cords. It was pretty mad. My the eyes only... went wide. My jaw dropped. It was that way oh, for a while. The look on Rusty's face <laughs> was priceless. <laughs> he was frozen in probably the largest dirt face I've ever seen out of Rusty. If you're into really heavy shit, um, like, the name George Fisher is very commonplace for anybody that grew up in the 90s and 2000s listening to very extreme music. Uh, better known as <laughs> Jerry Corpse Grinder. Hmm. Um, okay, you know his just, range just on your typical Sunday afternoon name. on on five three Ukrainian girl. Her his voice on five three Ukrainian girl. Yeah, that's the closest. And I'm not kidding. He's the only one that does that better. Um, and I'm not just. This is not her properly. She's a genuinely extreme ranged vocalist. From a guy name with a name like Corpse Grinder, you you, you kind of understand where it comes from. If you if you guys have you guys seen um okay Jim Carrey movie from the nineties that had to do Pet Detective Ace Ventura yes so the metal band in Ace Ventura yes that's the vocalist gotcha <laughs> gotcha there you go okay. Wow. That's the actual vocalist oh, wow. I'm talking about. Wow. Her first name is Tatiana. Tatiana. We've got Jason on a is, thing is, now. Is, oh, yeah. He's going to know um, her birth date. And I, <laughs> I need to know who this chick is because, they're damn. Not, they're not a real popular band. They're uh, No. But. I can, I can think uh, two people for this or entity in person. I will say Carl from work. And I will also say um, Amazon. Amazon Music. Amazon Music. So, I, yeah. That, I mean, just watching, watching, watching two videos from them and watching her mannerisms go from fairly, fairly good, good looking, you know, normal rock chick to like, dude. <laughs> I mean, just, I love Jason's reaction, dude. <laughs> just dude. Just dude. She she turns into I mean, a dude. She was even while she's while she's dropped her voice and is just rasping through her vocal cords. She's like bowing up like any me lead metal singer so, I've ever 
this is yeah. not my genre of music. If if that if that tells you anything, I I watched it because it was a curiosity. It's just a, is, that that's it's just thing. it's just that uh, Matt from who's been on the show before actually. I didn't know I'd posted something about it on my Facebook, and he, I guess he's another person that's discovered him. Mm. Matt's got a super varied taste in music, too. But imagine that. Me and him have known each other forever, and we listen to a lot of the same shit. But, um, yeah, if you're interested in just the weird in the loud music scene, uh, Devin Townsend is definitely in the weird. Um, Ginger is definitely in a class of their own as well. You're not going to hear any two bands that sound anything like either of these two bands, really. Um, and I that's... That's, that's my adult pr- music taste that's, that's, is if I don't listen to heavy stuff unless it's different than all the other heavy stuff and I don't listen to normal stuff unless it's different than all the other normal stuff. And I know that's not – those two phrases really don't go together, yeah. but I'm just saying, you know. And here I am just listening to Chip why, why am I a big fan of Alice in Chains? There ain't nobody that sounds like Alice in Chains, right? No, there's not. You know? So we're just – Hmm. That's my music taste. But yeah. anyways, um, we've got news and stuff, and I just wanted to kind of jump in here. Uh-oh. We've got the, the humming. Mm-hmm. That was the alert. The alert. This is the, the alert. alert. That it's, it's the late alert. Uh-huh. Jason, you better get into some stories. What you got for us? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, oh, hang on. Give me just a second. Um, I'll get us started. So, we were talking... The, Go ahead. Sorry. I just, I had to reply to my wife real quick. Uh, it's about something about tomorrow morning. All right. That's done. So I wanted to bring this up first because it's probably the most lighthearted thing we'll have here. And it, it, I say lighthearted um, somewhat with some reserve because it does involve death. Uh, okay. <laughs> wow. Your lead up to this is so, great. A, uh, So a French 65-year-old billionaire diamond tycoon. Yes! I was going to... Did I post this or no? Yes. Yes! Reportedly suffered a heart attack during a penis enlargement (laughs) surgery. (laughs) What? He never got to try it out! (laughs) What? He was trying oh, yeah. to fix his jewels with the profit from some jewels and uh, fucked it up. God damn it. Why, guys? Why? It's good. It, it If it hasn't fallen off, well, it's still functional. You, know, you, you need something. Enlargement? Seriously? You, you need something bigger to, Back in my to day. bang the... To bang the twenty-six-year-old supermodel that no, he doesn't. Con- he owns a fucking diamond farm. It's, it's money. I mean, I'm perfectly fine single, and I don't make diamond money. Fuck, serious. He owned a diamond. What was that? What it was he made money from diamonds? I found that out. But what was the rest of that? Um, was he just the owner of a diamond mine? Uh, he owned Omega Diamonds. Oh fucking which Jesus! Which is based in Antwerp. Yeah, um, so he's, and I read something about him having, like, the largest penthouse in Morocco. Oh, and I'm sorry, he wasn't French. He was Belgian-Israeli. There you go. Doesn't matter. I'm just saying he owned the largest. Have you guys heard yeah. about real estate in Morocco? It's, like, one of the most expensive places in the entire world to live. 
He had the biggest fucking penthouse in one of the most expensive places in the entire fucking yes, world. Yes, he did. He didn't need a bigger dick. Anybody would have jumped on that. <laughs> he could have had an inverted penis and he would have had pussy. <laughs> All right, let me put it this way. You done this, fucked up, dude. This is the man that was responsible for selling the most expensive diamond, the Blue Moon Josephine, which sold for $48.4 million. So, yeah, so so the funny That's thing about That's not the most is, expensive diamond, but it's definitely up there. Well, it's uh, It is the world's most expensive diamond. Most expensive raw diamond? Yes. Yeah. That's that's what it is. It's a raw diamond. He was valuing raw diamonds is what it yeah. you know, was his thing. Not Maybe cuts. in recent history, I think there have been a few that have sold in almost the billions range. You're looking at cut diamonds. You're though. looking at cut diamonds. And you're looking at historically significant cut diamonds. There there is a difference. Yeah. It's more an heirloom cost with those versus well, like the crown jewels, right? Kind of like those, exactly. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so um, fair enough. But <laughs> even the crown, even the crown. I jewels, went down a YouTube hole about the cost yeah. of diamonds recently. <laughs> even um, even the crown jewels wouldn't, if they were to sell sell just for the jewels themselves, oh would only God. would only sell for about twenty million. It's just it's not, the fact that it's the crown that would sell it for more. Oh my God. We're talking about the crown jewels. I am. About a dude that Believe it or not, I've watched a History Channel documentary about some of we tied story. We tied just, Dicks and Diamonds together. Yes, we did. That can't be a show title. No, um, Dicks and Diamonds is not a show title. D&D is, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I did that. Uh, D&D? <laughs> Dicks and diamonds. Dicks and diamonds. That sounds like a but, deep south thing, doesn't it? Dicks and diamonds. I can't I can't even imagine what was like oh my gosh. Like So uh, according to the story here, a friend of his who actually spoke to one of the French publications said that he always focused on his appearance and how others perceived him. Hence the dick job. He's like you got a small Peter, Peter. Uh, <laughs> what was his name again? Um, God, if it was Peter. Ead Arian oh. Lanidio. Uh, I'm butchering you that. You know what? Know. From now on, his name is Peter. He had a small Peter. <laughs> he died getting his Peter, Peter. But, I mean, this dude, this dude looks <laughs> like uh, the actor um, on Fantasy Island. That, yeah, oh, he kind of does. Yeah, yeah you're, 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 yeah. you're. If he had a mustache, right. he could have been the most interesting man alive. Yeah. yeah. So sixty-five years old, right? Yeah. Sixty-five years old. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know very many old people who are like, you know, it's short and shriveled, and it shouldn't be that way. <laughs> you know. I'm gonna get. I'm taking he was. He wasn't actually married, was he? I don't believe so. Well, I mean, damn. Look. Though, I couldn't find out much more about the story just from trying to search for other shit. Because the story doesn't focus on the fact that he had a penis enlargement surgery that went south. The story focused on the fact that... the, the, The story focused on the fact that he was a big diamond dude and that he, like, valued, you know, raw diamonds... Not the fact that he died to a fucking penis enlargement surgery. 
that's not yeah, it's it's the headline that gets you to read about the dude that unfortunately passed away that was stupid fucking rich. But I source that from Gore. I'm like <laughs> It's a Gar post the most hilarious <laughs> stories a, on their shit. It's a dick. I mean, it, I don't know, man. So I don't know. So going from the weird, um, I would never get it done. Back in back I don't into care. some I'm, serious news. Um, I just never get it done. We're going. We're going to start in some rumor territory. Oh God, here we go. Um, now down. this is somewhat confirmed, but there's no uh, release date or any actual details. God damn it! But the the original development team from Left for Dead is reportedly working on a spiritual successor. Oh, called Back for Blood. Oh, buddy! It will. Uh, a with, lot of the premise will be the same as far as gameplay. With the number four in the name, it's right. I'm okay with this because they didn't do so well with that other team game. Uh, what was that? Evolve? Evolve, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember Evolve? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a Turtle Rock thing, and I I wanted it to be so good. And, and like, I take the zombies out of the equation, right? When Left 4 Dead came out, it was a great co-op game that I played a lot of. Me and Trent played a shitload of it. I, and it, Left 4 Dead 1, I was so into it that I was making maps for it for a little while. It, it was actually uh, it was Left 4 Dead one and two were actually real just really good co op shooters and they're actually still work on Xbox and Steam. Yes, they do, and the servers are still there. Well, it's peer to peer connection, yeah. but yeah. Uh, I mean Turtle Rock. It's it's like they said it. Um, so they are so the backer on this is the WB. Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. I mean, they're um, back in Mortal Kombat. They can't be all that. Yeah, bad. Well, Warner Brothers. Um, so you know, they're basically saying, you know, it's great. We get to return to our roots. We have the money we need. We just can't call it Left for Dead, so we had we to come just, up with something different. Right. It's pretty much. Well, and they they're originally before they were Turtle Rock. They were just game developers that work for Valve. Right. Uh, it was like Valve South or something like that was this. Yeah, Valve I think studio. they're a Texas-based studio, like out of yeah. Austin or something. But yeah, they were working for Valve when they made Left 4 Dead, and when Left 4 Dead was done, they quit Valve, started their own company called Turtle Rock, and then blew it with Evolve. And that's only because of their microtransaction fiasco and the fact that... And that was the first game to really do that, and they right, fucked the, it up. The... The balancing, oops, excuse me, the balancing between the, you know, the uh, asynchronous type, you know, style teams was, um, yeah, it's, it's still not quite right. Even, even today, like the fucking uh, Friday the 13th and the fucking um, uh, Dead by Daylights and, you know, the those style games just feel off. But here's the most encouraging thing. They actually made a point. To say in the press release, there will be a campaign. There will be PvP. But it will absolutely not be a Battle Royale game. <laughs> Good on them. I'm glad. I'm sick of Battle I mean, Royale. thank you for not falling into that hole. Uh, yeah. So I want to talk about another developer, and I will talk about it very shortly. But, um... So I mentioned it earlier on about Phoenix Point moving to the Epic Store. Yep. Um, for 
those of you that haven't heard past episodes, Julian Gollop is the original creative director of um, XCOM, the original series. Right. And he started Phoenix Point a few years back as a Kickstarter, yep. and it became successful. Um, they're going to release it on the Epic Store. Part of the reason they're saying they're going to do that is it's going to give them a little bit more flexibility with their finances to develop more content. So for everybody that backed it before, you're getting the full year's worth of DLC free because they were saying that, and they're also doing a 100% refund for anybody that absolutely wants it on Steam. They're just, it's very apparent with that 12% take from Epic Yes, that it's more affordable for them because Steam's at a... 30%, right? I believe it's 30%. Yeah, until they hit a certain amount of sales, yes. Yeah. And for a game like Phoenix Point, which either may blow up for all the XCOM fans, which I'm going to be one of the people, that's the only game that I'm going to buy probably day one, it's only thirty nine ninety nine on Epic Store. Yeah. So easy buy for me when it comes out in June. Yep. It's right up your alley. It it's exactly up my alley. Yeah. But um, and it looks fucking fantastic. So. I like the whole boss battle thing and the different points to shoot thing. It just looks cool. But yeah. anyways, I just feel like it's worth throwing out there that it wasn't just that they're moving there for they signed an exclusive deal with Epic right for a year, and they are got a business model that is killing some stuff for Steam. But I can understand why they're doing it, being a small studio, and I can understand as an indie that makes a lot of sense. Um, Epic is heavily curating the releases that they're releasing right now. Yeah, there isn't a whole lot of games. But they're on... not releasing anything, I think, that they feel is going to take major risk. Right. Which is another thing they got on Steam right now. Yeah. Well, one of the – I forgot to actually mention this. Um, I Remember I, I said that I got uh, the early access key for Satisfactory? Um, yeah, that's an Epic exclusive, isn't it? That should – I believe it's an Epic exclusive. I know it's on the Epic Store, but um, and I'm not sure if uh, for sure, for sure. But I know that the Epic Store doesn't have a whole lot of games, but the games that they put up there are, you know, are not the. You're not wading through tons of shit like you would on the fucking. And the, like the know, new was it Rogue Galaxy? Or. That's the other one that we're looking forward to this year. What was the Space Cowboy game that we played a little while back that had featured broadsides. Oh, yeah, that was Rebel Galaxy. Rebel um, Galaxy 2 is going to be an epic exclusive, and that's another one I'm looking forward to. See? There you go. Um, it's just they put out some, you know, they they put up quality games on their storefront, and that's that's a thing. But uh, I did get a, a chance to play Satisfactory for a little bit, uh, and I can talk about it. Um, I can tell you, if, if you like Factorio... You're going to feel different playing it, uh, playing a 3D version of a factory game, just because of the 3D environment and you know trying to work out spacing and where your belts are going to go and things like that. Uh, but I, but I can tell you right now, that has some potential. Uh, it's got a really big world, uh, and the world is built so that you can explore it and exploit the resources in different spots. Uh, and uh, I only got, I mean, you only get access to the third, you know, first three tiers of, uh, of building types, you know, in the early access uh, or the beta that I was in or alpha or whatever the fuck they wanted to call it. Uh, but what I did play of it, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. It was, uh, it was definitely something that, you know, took up my time on the weekend for sure. Uh, 
you know, it's uh, it's going to come out in early access on uh, the Epic Store, which is not something that you see a whole lot of on Epic Store is the, the early access games. Hades is the other one. Yeah. And um, uh, Subnautica Below Zero. Right. So you get just a very few of those type of games on, on the Epic Store. Of course, there's not many games right. on there. But um, that's going to come out early access later on this month. And uh, if you are a fan of Factorio or any of the uh, – uh, uh, of like a logistics and building, you know, game, that is interesting because it's a different take on it. Okay. It's it's got it's got some UI issues. Uh, I wish things were a little more intuitive. But uh, outside of that, the fact that you have to basically harvest bushes to power everything could get a little fucking tedious after a while. Yeah, but well, it'll be something they learn from for their next game. I'm sure there'll be another power um, source somewhere. Yeah. Um. So moving on from. From games in early access yes. to a game that feels like it's in early access. Huh. A little bit more about Anthem. Oh, boy. So <laughs> A game that feels like it's still in early access. BioWare's <laughs> community manager, Jesse Anderson. This, this fucker's throwing <laughs> shade over here. <laughs> actually uh, wrote a fairly lengthy open letter uh, to the community about, about the game's current state. So, I'm I'm going to start with his ending because I think that I think this is telling. Uh huh. So, he actually summed up his letter with, "Anthem is here to stay. Do we have a lot to of work to do to fix parts of the game? Yes, and the team is committed to making improvements and releasing new content. Okay, the team is listening to all of your feedback for Anthem and how you would like to see the game improve." or how you'd like to see us engage with the community differently. Mm. I know that players want to see updates faster, but these things can take time to make sure they're done right. Yes. We're very very appreciative of the community and look forward to the days, weeks, months, and years ahead. Uh-huh. So, so Anthem's not going anywhere. So here's what I see. I see EA and BioWare going... Fuck. The... the Fuck, the Division Fuck. 2 is going to kick our ass. We need to say something now. <laughs> um, Words are not going to save Now, it, to be fair, um, his letter was written to to the user community on, on a dedicated Reddit. Um, you know, people were posting about, about various issues with the game. Mm-hmm. It didn't help that Bioware actually went and asked gamers for exact, and by exact, I mean like down to the minute details of when glitches were happening. Right. And and in exact detail, what happened. That tells them um, that they don't know anything about what's happening that, on the back end. That, right, which tells me that the only reason you need time that it happened, what mission you were running, what exactly you were doing is because they have no idea where to look for it in the code. <laughs> right? Yeah. That tells me you they you they need to basically have you walk them to where the error is so they can try to find it in the code. Well, what 
what users have been doing more often than not when they run into this and they want to yeah. you know report a bug. Now they do said, a YouTube video, record yeah. it, and then give them the YouTube video so that now, they can watch it back. Now that said, it's not unusual for a developer to to email or message a user directly after they've posted about an error. Yeah. To ask them those details privately. Yeah. But BioWare went to a public forum mm. to ask for this info. Well, well, the thing is... That in and of itself is going to open you to a whole lot more criticism than's probably necessary. I think that that's kind of overblowing it a little bit, honestly. Just, you know, I'm, I'm giving, you know, uh, BioWare the benefit of the doubt here. When they open it up and they say, what is your bug? How did you uh, how did you do it? Is it repeatable? Uh, you know where right. in the game? You know where can we look at the game code to find it uh, and do it in open forum? Gives other people who may have run into the same issue but not did a full bug report right. be able to confirm or verify a you know a current a right. current bug and kind of see how widespread it is. Uh, and considering that there is multiple platforms. It could allow somebody to report it on Xbox and then somebody on PC say, yeah, I had the same problem right. in the same spot. Yeah. You know, now, there's pluses and minuses thing, to that effect. One thing I really liked how he handled in the game, in, in his letter, um, one of the most common complaints in that subreddit is that Bioware employees aren't as active as they used to be when it comes to responding to player feedback. That's because they're all putting out fires right now. <laughs> well, no. It, here's where I think he answered it smartly, and he answered it in a way that addresses the griefers. Uh-huh. Okay. He actually said, why would a dev team member take time away from working on the next update to post when they know it's likely to be met with hostile replies or they get flamed because they can't answer other questions that players are asking? They're too busy putting out fires, guys. I don't mind post. He said, I don't mind posting here when things aren't so nice, but that's because it's my job. For the devs, it isn't their job. That's why they should have community managers that do this shit. So it, here, here's, what I, here's what I'm going to say, guys. I hope they can fix Anthem. Hmm. Because if they can fix Anthem, I will eventually give it a shot. <laughs> So will I. I mean, uh, honestly, I was um, looking forward to the game. And I I am listen. still really interested in the premise of the game. Yeah. Okay. The game does have, from what I've seen, a decent story. It does, you know, it does have some of the things we really wanted. Just the gameplay is fundamentally broken. What they need to do is they need to do what The Division did. Yeah. And they need to do what uh, Destiny did. And take all the feedback and make their game better, but that's going to take time, and that's not yep. going to happen right away. And until yep. they do that, I'm not buying it. And a lot of people who have bought it are pissed off. Another thing that uh, that popped up over the last week that I saw was, and and this is a this is a sign, <laughs> this is a big sign from the community, the community itself, the actual players of Anthem have you know, started a boycott of the game that they're playing. 
They have gone to their. That's uh, just stupid. They've gone to the community, the the forums, the reddits, and things like that, and they've started a uh, started their own boycott of the game until the game is fixed. That's that's the thing. I'm like, okay, so you're going to ham t- uh, hamstring your fucking game that you want to play until it's fixed. How the fuck are they going to actually like fix it if they don't, you know, have people playing it? I mean, honestly, it's 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 the community just outraging against how the fucking game is being handled at the moment, and I can see that being just right. kind of a wake up call well, towards Bioware and EA. But still, in, in some respect, I feel as though Anthem here is a victim of all the AAA titles that have bombed recently. Well, I don't think Anthem is no, a victim think, of anything. I think Anthem's a victim of. Not releasing when it's done. Well, I mean, as, yeah. as far as all the hate it's getting is what I'm saying. It would it, not have gotten any fucking hate whatsoever. Had they if, finished it? Had they fucking had a feature complete game at the beginning. Yeah. You know, and, they pushed it out the fucking door because fucking, you know, I'm sure some, you know, some you know, financial director in EA, you know, at the EA level said, right. you need to pu- uh, publish this now. Unintentional side effect where Massive is saying thank you Bioware it's making their game look better you know and they're doing it with class by not dra- you know, dragging Anthem through the fucking mud right they're they're saying yeah our game is feature complete and sure sure they have thrown a little bit of shade at uh, at Anthem because some of the stuff leading up to yeah. uh, the release of Division 2 basically said we built the end game first guys there's end game here, guys. You can play the end game. In fact, we're going to give you a little sneak peek of the end game and say the whole map gets invaded once you get level 30, guys. So the game starts over. The real game starts at end game, guys. You can play this game. The real game starts at level 30. Right. You can play this game for the long haul and know that you're going to have content to play. Uh, so... Well, guess they did, what? They did, we already have a full roadmap for the next year. Right. You know what you're going to get. So so they were throwing some yeah. some bits out there, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who played Anthem that went directly to Division 2 immediately upon release. I know I saw a lot of streamers do it. Yeah, and yeah, and, and some big streamers too. I mean, King Gothalion was one of the ones that I saw you know, right away. He has a large following on Switch, uh, and he played Anthem – uh, and, uh, as soon as division two became available to him, he switched right over to it and he said, man, this is like night and day. <laughs> yeah. So, so moving he, on from that, uh, last, last two pieces of news, we're going, we're going to talk about our, our favorite storefronts. Oh boy. Oh, so, oh boy. Steam announced or valve announced this week that, uh, mm-hmm. they will be, uh, that they are currently beta testing and will be launching Steam Link Anywhere. This is pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. So basically what this is going to do is using Valve servers, like a VPN, Okay. you're going to be able to actually Steam Link to your PC from anywhere. No, you'll no longer be tied to your local network to access your games. That's great, except I'm not going to play any game on Steam anywhere. 
that requires any kind of twitch movement. Well, no, I wouldn't either. But if I was playing XCOM, I could probably do that. Yeah, except that I've got it on a fucking Apple tablet. Yeah, true, but... That you know, will not do anything with Steam right the now. The thing is, is that a lot of Steam games require Twitch, you know, you know, Twitch movement. You know, you want not good... a lot. Well, a lot of what you play versus what I yeah. play. I'd say okay, half fine. of what I play is turn based. But okay, fine. Basically, they are, um, they're they're building this off of the same socket APIs uh, and infrastructure that underline CS:GO and Dota Two. Yeah, true, but okay. Um, so they're saying basically when it when it rolls out it'll be compatible with both Steam Link hardware and the app um will be rolled out automatically and freely to everyone who owns the hardware with beta firmware installed the Android app beta or the Raspberry Pi app. Okay. Well, the fact that Raspberry Pi might be but uh, might be able to do it. I, I th- was it Steam Link that uh, something that they stopped selling the actual hardware for it. Um. So, throwing this, you know, throwing Steam Link anywhere and allowing you to put it on pretty much anything uh, allows you just to bypass having to have the Steam Link itself, uh, and allows you to do it outside of your local right. uh, local network. This is fine. The yeah. problem that you're going to run into with these uh, now, with this is going to be the delay, the latency that has you know, has to do with the communication between wherever you're at and wherever your PC is. Right. Well, and now the real question is: now their release did not say anything about network requirements, etc. So I'm sure there's still there's still a large portion of testing and etc. Yeah. to go through. Um, it, it's but still it'll it'll be interesting to see how it works out. It's still an interesting idea, and yes. being able to bring you know bring your PC game library with you wherever you're at uh, is actually not that bad of an idea, you know. And having the processing power be on your home PC, that's also not a bad idea. That means that I could still play, you know, if if I was to go up and visit, say, my parents, for instance. Uh, and, you know, wanted to play, you know, a game on my PC, provided that I let my PC fucking stay on the entire time I'm away, um, you know, play any game that I've got on there, you know, remotely. It's not a bad deal. It's probably not going to be perfect, but it'll be at least playable. I mean, Steam Link here in the house was, you know, in your place was not unplayable. You noticed that there was a, you know, a little bit of delay, but that was not bad. I'm trying to remember what I played on Steam Link a lot. I played a lot of... Uh, you played uh, uh, the fucking... Hellblade. You played Hellblade and you played... Uh, what was it? Uh, fucking... Uh, the the t- Fucking strategy RPG. Uh, fuck. What was that game? What's in the game? It was the one with the fucking, like, skeleton character. Um... Divinity. Oh, Divinity. Divinity. Yeah, yeah it, it, it fucking hung on my head for for a second there. I'm like, what the fuck was that game? Yeah, Divinity: Original Sin two. You played that uh, on Steam Link for a bit. Yeah. Um, and then another thing recently, Epic CEO mm-hmm. uh, talked about the storefront and taking on Steam. 
Yeah. Um, and he basically threw shade at Valve a little bit. Of course he did. Um, he said, really, in uh, in trying to displace an established product like Steam, an established storefront, um, there's really not your you don't want to focus on features is basically what he said. He said, there's no hope of displacing a dominant storefront solely by adding marginally more store features or marginally better install experience. He said, these battles will be won on the basis of game supply, consumer prices and developer revenue sharing. I don't disagree with him. If he can, if, if the platform that he, you know, that the, the company is creating is a more of a curated platform with good prices. Uh, it makes it an easy buy for things. Like my experience with the, buying The Division 2 on Epic was I was worried at first that I wasn't going to get my free game, for instance. You know, because you get a free, you know, one free game right. for pre-ordering. I didn't figure I was going to be able to get that game on that storefront because those games weren't available on that stormfront. You know, that that was my concern. Right. Uh, as soon as I ordered it, I said, fuck it, let's see it. I, I wanted to test this. You know, $119 worth of test, man. Uh, I knew I was going to at least get the fucking game that I was ordering. But I didn't know whether or not I was going to get Far Cry Primals, the one that I selected. Right. So I figured I was only going to get that on the Uplay store. Uh, I was wrong. I got an email uh, almost immediately after I ordered that said, you will get one free game from the, th- you know, from the three that was listed. It was Watch Dogs 2, Far Cry Primal, and uh, uh, Wildlands. Uh, Ghost, Ghost Recon, I think it was, yeah. Wildlands. Uh, you can pick one of those three games. I said, I want something that's going to be completely different from The Division. No gunplay. So, Far Cry Primal it is. I haven't played it yet. Uh but I got an email, and it was basically just a, a really quick survey. It says, which game do you want? Yep. Click, do it, so, and I, they said, your game will be available in your library, you know, on yeah. the 15th. So, And he did <laughs> confirm, you know, they are working on more features. He said the current version of the game store will significantly evolve over time as the library expands, and its approach to curation will change, too. He said, in the early phase, we're starting with a small number of carefully selected games based on consistent quality across a wide variety of scopes. Throughout 2019, the store will open up more widely. Um, And he, he basically talked about in the interview how he envisions there being more seismic shifts to the industry over the next five years. Um, he basically said the last remnants of the old retail model of gaming are falling apart, yeah. i.e. GameStop, big box stores, etc. Um, and the biggest successes are fast-moving indies and fast-moving big competitors, um, exemplified by Fortnite and Apex Legends. So all of the old decisions need to be revisited. Okay. So at so I think it's I think it's definitely worth a read. You can find um you can find the article on PC Gamer and they link to the original interview. I 
he's got some good ideas. I think the whole article's worth a read. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So this isn't something they're doing just to spite Steam necessarily as much as he's wanting to change the marketplace. Indeed. Well, it needs to happen. So right on. All right. All right. Well, with that, uh, find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash tiltcast. Search for our iTunes. Find friends of the show for the love of gaming. Noquarters.net. Cabbage. The Carousel Podcast.com. And you can find TVGP.tv. They do great things. things. All right. That's the end of the goddamn show. Peace. Peace. Peace.